Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing. Nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. You know what's crazy about that? For us to win, we have to win three games in Toronto. And that's, uh, it's, it's the year of the road team. And it's uh, crazy how that works. Uh, that's why it's like, let's be honest, this game's so damn fun. You get two teams going at it. There's so many storylines. There's stars here. There's, it's, uh, like, seriously, wouldn't you guys have been pissed off if this ended tonight? <laughs> so let's, uh, let's all be back here for game seven. Why not? Why not? Let's do it. Let's do it. What a day in Tampa Bay, huh? Uh, it's fun to be here talking sports this morning. Welcome into the J.P. Peterson Show, brought to you by the great folks at the Jeeves Law Group at Bay Area Modern Medical Center in our first hour. Man, what a night last night. Man, I did not have enough screens to watch all the stuff that was going on, man. It was crazy. Between uh, Brandon Lau almost hitting for the cycle, the Bucks making a pick. I was going to say that the race just put 14 runs up. <laughs> Nobody cares. An ace matchup revisited. Yeah. And that was the third story of the night. Yeah, it was good enough. Maybe the fourth. <laughs> that was good enough, you know, for to lead any any of the, these shows. But no, no, it was it, it was a hell of a night. The Bucks made a curious pick, a much debated pick, which is good for talk radio. I like the pick. I like the pick. Um, the Lightning game. I cannot remember. I cannot remember. The last time I was this invested in a final four or five minutes of a hockey game, for God's sake, I was, you know, I stopped yelling at the TV a long time ago until last night <laughs> and throwing things. And uh, it was why I don't know why I was so on the edge of my seat for that game late last night, but that was I couldn't I was so invested in it. Did you, were you, is it just me? Well, it's because of the, the game three and four. It's right. like we've been down this road before. Yeah. So I was just like, all right. Please tell me this is not happening again. Yeah, yeah, Coop, you know what? That wasn't fun. It wasn't fun for me. It wasn't fun for any Lightning fans. How could that have been? It, would, it had to be fun at the end. At the end. And all the shots of the Leaf fans oh my in disbelief goodness. and crying um, were just too fun. Too fun. Um, Wow, just that, that 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 was the best part of it, to be quite honest. But man, that was a, it was a crazy last few seconds. Um, so we're going to get into the lightning. We're going to get into the Bucks draft. We got a great show for you. We're going to talk some Rays with uh, Jason Romano as well. Uh, he will join us at ten forty-five. Former Ray himself and first-round pick. Ten thirty. T.J. Reeves is going to join us. He was hosting the Bucks uh, draft party last night. So we'll get a feel for what that was all about. Uh, I didn't see a whole lot of pictures or anything from there, but uh, interesting in and of itself. I wanted, I wanted to watch everything on my couch last night because there was so much going on. I know if I was down at the Bucks, you'd be, you're just kind of singled mm-hmm. into that. You can't really watch the Lightning game, you know, with the sound up and everything. So I wanted to, you know, I wanted to watch the draft and, you know, see what the Rays were doing. So I, wanted, I just said, you know what, I'm just going to stay home and take everything in. And I think it was a good choice. It was a good – because if, you, if you're over at the Bucks, you're just – you're just all in that, and it's one pick, and, and you're moving on. Yeah, so try being at a friend's house last night because we had our softball debut yesterday, right? And well, we all let go. We lost eleven to eight. Okay, Ooh, eleven to eight is a high scoring game. <laughs> I did my job as a leadoff softball hitter. game. I did my job as a leadoff hitter though. Two for three with a walk. A walk. You took a walk. I took a walk. Yeah, gave me nothing. 
He gave me nothing for a whole lot of I just sat there and took him. I'm like, all right. Strong discipline in softball. I'm a, I'm I get to play back. one game a week. I'm never walking. I'm a throwback, throwback <laughs> uh, leadoff hitter. Played second two. I snagged well, one. Well, I'm a power guy, so. Oh, that's you know, cool. I get it. I, get I snagged one. It was like 200 miles off the bat, and I snow coned it at second. Nice. Nice. I, I mean, I had some good plays. Big, so big, big, proud big of my performance. But right. anyway, we went back to my friend's place, and they had one TV in the living room, and they had it all in the draft. And I'm sitting here like, how am I going to watch the Lightning? How am I going to watch the Lightning? Oh, you had a bad plan. I had a very bad plan, so I had yeah. to download the, the TBS app on my phone. And the, some of my friends who actually like hockey, we were all huddled there on the table just watching the Lightning game on my little screen on my phone. Hard to watch a hockey so that's game how on my I, phone. So that's how I took the game. By the way, I was watching the draft on my phone, and the hockey game was on the big screen because you've got to watch it in HD on a big screen. Yeah. So that was that. And then I had the computer looking at best, best available and getting all, you know, to Twitter and everything else, so... That was my setup, and it, that was it was good. It was good. I got it all in. So but I agree we're, with we're, your decision. Stay home, definitely. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna give give you all that stuff today. And eleven o'clock, um, Luke Easterling is gonna join us, longtime uh, draft aficionado. So we got that covered. Uh, and also, we're gonna uh, talk to an executive from Top Golf who's putting on the big thing at Raymond James Stadium, which we're gonna give away three more tickets today. So if you would like some tickets to the Top Golf experience, all you gotta do is jump into our mentions into our chat room and just say, hey, JP, I want these tickets, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get your information and uh, we'll get them out to you. They're um, $60 tickets, yeah, not the VIP ones, but you can upgrade them to the VIP ones, and it's going to be a really cool deal at Raymond James Stadium, Top Golf. you know what that's all about. So Jack Elmore's going to join us at 1140 and talk a little bit about that. But we've got all types of draft stuff, uh, lightning stuff to get into. Just real quick on, um, on the Bucks pick before we go deep into the lightning uh, Kalijah Kansi, I love the pick. I love the pick, but I know a lot of a lot of people do not. You know, Nolan Smith was on the board. Um, you know, the quarterbacks were on the board. <laughs> Will Levis is still sitting there. <laughs> His girlfriend looks great. I don't know who she's with. Yeah, that that ESPN <laughs> exec knew what he was doing. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, she may be. Uh, she may be get, jumping into Anthony Richardson's DMs this morning. Or <laughs> <laughs> who's got a much bigger contract. I said contract. And that's uh, – I feel bad for the kid. I feel bad for the kid. I really do. But you get a sense from all I heard last night that he was a little too cocky for a lot of teams. It sounded like His, no team was willing to take a bet on him at all. I, I Through the whole process, I was kind of thinking about this. I was kind of thinking about – he comes off that way. Like, when I saw him at the combine, I go to Cannon, I'm going to show it off. You know, and then, the, you know, the guy's muscled. I know you're supposed to do that at the combine and all that stuff. But his interviews and everything, you know, I always, I, you know, I get a lot of uh, information from interviews or nonverbal communication. People that I really feel are trying to talk you into thinking that you're great. You know, you just, he strikes me like one of those guys. Like, he's not comfortable within himself. And that's a bad trait for a leader because if you're not authentic, people see right through you. And if you you can't be inauthentic and lead a football team, they will smell you coming a mile away. The coaches, your teammates, Carson Wentz. He that's my comp, Carson Wentz. So he is. He's, he's got all the tools in the world, but after a while, guys don't believe in you. Guys don't like you. 
that's how he strikes me. I don't know the guy. I've never met him. That's what I. That's and now when he falls like that, and of course he did all the interviews with everybody, and all these teams went, no, thank you. No, yeah, the league told you what they felt about him. Yeah, and it, it ain't. It's nothing to do with his physical abilities. You know, he's as I, I'm not going to put him in Anthony Richardson's category, but he's a, a physical freak. That dude can throw it. He can run it. He's big. He's Josh Allen. He's whatever you want to say. You got all those tools, and nobody wants you in the first round. Yeah, and so. I'm and I'm thrilled the Bucks didn't take him. I know I said if the Bucks yeah, if the Bucks too. really loved me him, too. I said you me had too. to make the pick because me too. you fall in love with the quarterback, you take it because it's a big need, right? But in general, now that it's over with, I'm glad they didn't do it because I'm just not a Levis guy. Yeah, I, we've been on record about that, so I was glad to see the Bucks pass yeah. him by. Now, um, Hendon Hooker's another another deal, a little bit, but you know. I think he might he's if he's sliding too a little bit I think yeah. in the second round so who knows maybe he's there at 50 today I don't know. No. But as it relates to Kalijah Kansi, I did not nobody did anybody see this coming? No. I mean I don't think we said his name no. once leading up to this process because we nobody thought about interior because didn't get there. Pass rush was such a need. Like if, so we ought, and this is and this is our fault and, and uh, when you say pass rush you go oh you automatically go what edge rusher that's what affects the rush the most, right? Uh, yeah, okay. Well, well, when you turn on the tape of him, and I watched about an hour of tape last night. I didn't watch his highlights on YouTube. Don't do that. You see a bunch of plays against Rhode Island where he's steamrolling, you know, computer <laughs> tech nerds. Um, go watch the Tennessee tape where he's playing over a guard that's probably going to be a top three, four guard in the, in the draft next year. Um, and, and, and Tennessee's offensive line with that Darnell Wright, they're outstanding. He's throwing guys around like they're ragdolls, like ragdolls. He's getting up underneath the 335-pound center and, bound, and just driving him into the quarterback 10 yards. He looks like Vita Vea on tape, except he's way smaller, way smaller. He moves people. He moves people. He goes through people. He goes around people a lot. And, but the thing that he does is get into the backfield. 32 and a half tackles for loss. Probably caused another 50 tackles for loss, chasing people into the arms of other players. He is a disruptive force. Um, you, you can, <laughs> and Jason Light, I'm sure, didn't want to go out. And then we'll hear from Jason Light in just a little bit and, and, and put any pressure on him. But in the five-minute press conference, he mentioned Warren Sapp, Aaron Donald, and John Randall. Yeah, I'm joking. But <laughs> the three names you mentioned were the three probably most. And I know some people would not call Warren Sapp undersized, but Warren Sapp was when he got drafted. He was the same as yeah. Kalajikanti, six yeah. one, two eighty one. Yeah, he so yeah, undersized. And and I'm not. You, it's completely unfair to compare him, except when you look at the tape. Though the tape is the tape does not lie. And when you put him in, in a lot of in a lot of instances in, where he's going to play in this three four defense, he's going to be lined up inside shoulder, maybe over the top of a tackle anyway, with an outside linebacker stacked on the outside of him. But the thing being, they've got to account for both of those guys, and you know it's going to help uh, Tryon Choyenka, it's going to help Vita Vea, it's going to help Shaq Barrett, it's going to help the pass rush tremendously, because he he you cannot block him one on one. He's too fast for the big tackles. He's he's too quick for the fat guards. He's he's powerful enough to, to to and he can play the hell out of the run. I watched on that Tennessee tape. There was probably I'd say ten to fifteen instances in the run game where they double teamed him with that guard in the center, 
and he does not give up his gap. He's got 600-plus pounds of man coming at him, and he gets so low that he does not give up his gap and sometimes gets through the double team to make a play. So you would say, well, you know, they're just going to double team him. Well, in the NFL, I get it's different. Tennessee's pretty, you know, those are NFL players up there. So I'm looking at this and I'm like, I don't, I don't, physically, I don't know how he does it. And you know who he reminds me of? Aaron Donald. It's Aaron hard. Donald. It's hard not to go there. It's like, impossible. It's, not like to it's go completely there. unfair. And that's a blessing and a curse. It because is. It's, Aaron Donald's a once in a generation player. And just because he played at Pitt and he's undersized does not mean he's Aaron Donald. Yeah, and by the way, if you compare them both, their careers at Pitt, like, Clancy was really productive. 34 and a half uh, tackles for loss, and I want to say 16 sacks, something yeah, like that. Yeah. Well, Aaron Donald had 28 and a half tackles for loss his last season at Pitt. Yeah. And 11 sacks. So, Aaron Donald was just a freak of nature at Pitt. He's continued that into the NFL. So, yeah. it is an unfair comparison. But, again, you look at this, the body size. There's nobody else in the league like Aaron Donald, I'd argue. Mm-mm, mm-mm. And until now, yeah. from a size and traits standpoint, this is an elite athlete. This is, he ran the fastest 40 time in the history of the combine at his position. Yeah. And who did he beat out? Aaron Donald. Yeah. By, like, half, like, like, by like tenths of a second, by the way. It was, like, super close. Yeah. Elite get off. He can fight through those double teams, and everybody's talking about, oh, well, he's not great in the run game. And it's like, okay, Aaron Donald's not the greatest in the run game, but you deal with the deficiencies. I don't see and, that on tape. And guess what? He, and that's, I'm glad you said that. Uh, who you watched says the that? tape. Oh, I did, I, w- I did a lot of study on him as well late last night and this morning, and that's what, you know, the criticisms of him. I listened to like a long thing that Chris Sims did, like a 10 minute video on Kalijah Kansi. And he kind of debunked some of these issues in the run game and said, okay, if it's a little bit of an issue, like it's the same issue with Aaron Donald, who you love to compare him with, but you live with it because of what Donald brings. It's the same thing with Kalijah Kansi. And by the way, the fit, he's playing next to Vita Vea, yeah. who named me a better run stuffer at his position in the league than Vita Vea. Yeah. I mean, I think this helps tremendously. And also, a big problem is Vita Vea plays, what, 50% of the snaps if mm-hmm. we're lucky in some games? Right. And every time they've had to rotate the past years to Nacho or Deidre Sanat, Logan Hall, yeah. which is interesting, right? Yeah, it kind of X's him out. It's kind of <laughs> just been like empty reps, I'd call them. Yeah. And the Bucks got blown off the ball. Now you have a bona fide stud next to Vita Vea yeah. at all times in there. And by the way, I, 6-1 doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me at all. Because he gets underneath the pads. That's why he's so – you look at Logan Hall at 6'5", he gets he, – he's not low enough. He doesn't, he doesn't have, And he doesn't have anywhere enough. near the athleticism no, that Kalaj no. Kansi has. And Completely nor, different players. Nor does he have the ability to go around players and through players by using his lad low pad level because he plays yeah. way too high. And, and that's a problem. And I'm going to give him a pass, I guess, a little bit for year one. Sure. Because that's a position that historically guys come into the league it and takes it's, a while. it takes a while. Yeah. Uh, and I know that he needs to put on weight, but this is just a completely different player. I'm not going to wait around. I told you this before the show. You can't wait around for a guy to get better. Right. I don't care that it's been one year, even though I'm giving him a pass, right? Go and get the guy that, to me, is, I mean, this is a guy who probably was number one on their draft board at that moment. Right. And that's probably why it's such a surprising pick. I don't think they thought he was going to get there. Right. And they said, okay, well, he, he provides what we need, which is a pass rush. He fills a need technically next to Vita Vea, right? Right. Especially in the long term. Absolutely. So I think it's an outstanding pick. For everybody that's yelling edge rush, edge rush, edge rush, what you're really saying is pass rush, pass rush, pass rush. Yeah, and does pass rush care where it comes Uh, from? No, no. It does not matter where it comes from. Now, I understand having an outside guy stripping the ball. It doesn't matter where it comes from. 
And in this 3-4 defense, it's all, you know, it's, it's positionless anyway in a lot of different ways. Guys are lining up in different positions. It's not the old days where 3-4 looks like this, should do this. You know, it's it, it be creative. And Todd Bowles is very creative. He's, a, he's, a, he's a, another tool in the tool belt. Mm-hmm. And he's a Swiss Army knife. He can do a lot of different things for you. Not just one. He can he can tie up he can tie up uh, one of the best players I've ever seen in the NFL history in tying up defensive offensive linemen was one of the smallest, Brad Culpepper, and he he could just he could he would grab one and trip the other, and but he was so athletic he just knew how to do it. He knew angles, and I think as I mentioned, if you go look at the double team tape against Tennessee, he he holds up really really well, and those linebackers are running all over the place. Yeah. nobody's touching them. And when you got Devin White, trust me, you don't want anybody getting up on Devin White because he can't get off any blocks. He he can run, and this is good for him because uh, Kalajdzikanti will will take that double team, and he'll be athletic enough and and hold and keep those guys from getting up on the second level. So it helps you in the run game because it keeps people off Devin Devin White. And it helps you in the pass game because he is. And you want to leave him one on one with a tackle or a guard or a center. You're going to get you're beat. Done. You're going to get beat. He's too quick. The swim moves, the technique. Yeah. His technique is fantastic. Yeah. His his arm overs, his swim moves. He's got a lot of different moves, and he gets so low. He gets under guys. He gets through guys. He goes around guys. He's just. I've never. When you turn on the tape, it's hard to see. Like, you see linebackers running free all the time. You don't see a lot of defensive linemen running free because they're always in the muck. You can't get away. This guy looks like he's like a running back. He's just running around in people's backfields because he's just he's so quick. So I, I love the pick. I can't wait to see how disruptive he can be in the NFL. Um, and, you know, we'll go from here. Yeah. He's a good player. I, I think, you know, his, his upside is tremendous. I don't think there's much of a downside to this kid. I just don't. I could be wrong, but... No, and I think he has flexibility to push out to edge if they really wanted to. I mm-hmm. think he played like 180 snaps this past season yeah. at edge at Pitt. So, I mean, he has the ability to do that if they want to. But, I mean, bottom line, what did we say the Bucks really struggled at last year? They got beat off the ball. They were awful in the trenches on both sides last year. I just, you know, I, I know your, your prototypical outside guys, Simeon Rice, you know, the long arms, you come in from yeah, the side. Yeah, yeah. But I can't like I can imagine any offensive tackle lining up and seeing that guy across from you. You don't know if he's going inside or outside. He's so quick, yeah, and you 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 can be as strong as a bull. But then you got to get down as he's coming around the corner, yeah. and he's getting that low, and you got to somehow push him to the good and, luck. And JP, he's a dog. Good luck. He's, and a, he's dog. a dog. And what did we say we needed? Dogs. He's nasty. Yeah. You can double team this guy all you want. You can have him in these awkward positions. He just keeps fighting through it and somehow makes plays. He's a dog. That's what they've needed. That's what they need. So I love the pick. All right, on to the lightning. And by the way, we'll get more. T.J. Reeves going to join us in a little bit. We'll talk about second, third, fourth round. Lots of needs out there. And Luke there. as well. Yeah. Uh, and Ed Luke Easterling is going to join us at 11. So And uh, Jason Romano is going to talk some Rays at 1045. So. All right, we've got to get on to the lightning. And, well, you know. If you're not going to pat me on the back, I'll pat myself on the back. I'm not patting you on the back at all. Well, you said they were going to lose last night. You said they were done, so I'll just bring that up. Uh, I had to put on. I had to put on my my uh, my professional cap. I took my fan cap off yesterday. <laughs> I, I, my yeah. professional one. What's, me, what's the matter with are that? You saying I'm not objective when I'm. You used the my, you used the word homer a million times this week. I said I'm not being a homer. I said I'm not being a homer because I looked at the analytics. I looked at who was winning. The, the the possession time 
in this series, and the Lightning have been the better team, and that was never more evident than it was last night. They should have won that game 6-2. to two. They, they, again, Samsonov standing on his head. The Lightning, I don't know what's wrong with their shooting right now, but their shooting is abysmal. I mean, Braden Point hits the, hits the post. He's got half the net to shoot at. You know, uh, how many times did guys miss the net last night? Wide open nets? That's been happening all series long. Yeah, it has. My God, I'm, I'm watching that first period. We should have been up 5-1 to one in the first period. They had so many chances. Well, they had 15 shots overall in the first period. Oh, my God. It was, and good shots. Great scoring opportunities. And I'd like to say, you know, Samsonov made some good saves. But, we're, we're, hit, we're you know, we're, who was the other one that hit him right in the chest? Uh, Nick Paul. <laughs> Nick Paul. I mean, the first, before he scored the goal in the second period, he had a breakaway down the, down the um, left side. And, you know, and just one-on-one with the goalie. And he yeah. shot it right between the, the – hit the, the middle maple leaf of the chest. I mean, I think, I'm like, what are we doing? Yeah, you know what I've learned about Samsonov, and I really struck out to me yesterday because all three goals. What? You take this guy out of any t- sort of structure in net, and he's toast. Yeah. He's completely toast. Yeah. I mean, the first goal, he gives a bad rebound, and mm. he's just flawing all over the yeah. place, can't yeah. find the puck, and Sorelli just roops it over him. Mm-hmm. The second one, Mikey Which Ace, was a huge goal, you know, scoring so quickly after yeah, their first. Don't let, the, it. don't let the building get going. Just right away, take it right out of them. Yeah. Like, Se- we're here to fight. We're not, Se- we're yeah. not leaving. We're not effing leaving. Yeah. We're not effing leaving. Second goal from Asamon, it's like he's coming down at an awful angle, and he's just leaving his five hole wide open, and it's like he has no ability. It's like he has no, like, just feel for, like, they're hugging the posts and everything. Yeah. And he lets an awful one go through. And then the third one, it's just like a mad scramble. And I don't know what he's doing. Like he's coming out, he's coming out really far out, even though the puck's in the slot, and it's like three guys in front of him. And he's just like again, just like he's not in any sort of position, and the puck just kind of rolls right through his pads, and he's like kind of going to the side. Yeah. And I've seen that a few times, especially in game one, where he lets in a lot of softies. I think that's honestly why the Lightning. I mean, they've scored enough goals. Don't get me wrong, to probably have won this series by now. Yes. But they have left some out on the table a lot because they're just shooting it right at him. I know. Stop. You get this guy to move, he's he's done. Yeah, that's why I said I said it yesterday, and I, and I wasn't being a homer. They've been the better team. Why shouldn't I think they could win each game? I, th- that's what's most frustrating. I mean, they, frankly, they should have been up three one. This series should be over. This series should be. This over. series should be yeah, over. Absolutely. They have, they have outplayed Toronto in four of the five games last yes. night. Again during open play. I didn't think it was close. It wasn't close. And Toronto... This five was, on five, it has not been close. Yeah, and excuse me for the, the, the penalty on Maroon there at the end of the second period, <laughs> which is absolutely horrendous. I but mean, about time we laid somebody on the ice, if I may be so bold. I, yeah, I didn't have a problem with that. But horrendous penalty. But again, I, I tip my hat to the officials a little bit because we only had two power plays apiece. They yeah. kind of let these guys play. And that helped the Lightning a lot because they're so much better five on five. I don't think there was a lot of missed calls, though. I wasn't you know, no, saying no. that they got it. I think I think both teams were trying to be very responsible last night. Yeah, it was especially just, the Lightning. They understand you. Can, you got to stay out of the box. You got these. They're too good. Yeah, uh, they six did on a great five, job, yeah. five on four. They're, that's when they're that's when they're at the best. And then they tilt the ice that way. And then if if they, Lightning can just stay at five on five, they're the better yeah, team. They're way better. They're man. outworking him. And how about Coop putting Asimov in the in the game with thirteen? To take out Janot, who you gave up all the capital for, and they it don't was care. for these moments. They and don't care. That is, I, I just did not see that one coming at all. I mean, no. I, I like the I idea get, of him. I wanted to see Asimov back in. I didn't think I did too. was coming back, coming out. So, but, man, wow. 
And he gets a goal and an assist. And it, it may be the biggest goal. And again, it's it's John Cooper's the best coach in the NHL. Yeah. It's again proven yep. to make that move. Yep. That's a bold move to make. It, 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 I think it speaks to the culture of the Lightning, where there's so much communication. There's There can be a lot of um, friction between you know, a general manager and a coach sometimes where, you know, the general manager wants certain things and gives you certain weapons. And then the coach doesn't see eye to eye that it, you see that all the time in hockey. It doesn't work. This organization is not afraid to sit somebody, not afraid to, to say, you know, this isn't working. Let's you don't, you don't try to, you know, keep, keep fitting that, that, that round, round peg into a square hole. It's just not going to work. And, and he needed something. He needed some more energy. He needed some more, um, activity and AC Mont is just a pain in the ass. He's he's a, got a lot of Yanni Gord in him, I think. And boy, what a shot! What a play! He was he was tremendous. Yeah, he was tremendous. I, and again, you contrast that to the other side with Sheldon Keefe. I don't know how much longer this guy. And this is a big storyline in this series that no one's talking about. I don't know how much longer he can play this Justin Hole guy. Yeah, he's been on the ice for fourteen goals. Yeah. 14 goals against this guy has been on the ice. Yeah. And last night, last night he was awful. Yeah. The, sec- the first goal was because Hagel just kind of blew right by him and he yeah. whiffed on a check. And yep. then the second one, he turns the wrong way on Asamont, who yeah. didn't even put a move on him. He was just skating. Yeah. He turns the wrong way and he won't take that guy out of the lineup. I'm like, fine. Keep that guy in on the ice as much. Because yeah. every time he's out there, the Lightning score, it looks yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So contrast the two different coaches right there and the decisions they're making with their lineup. Yeah, true, and, and some of the things they're saying in the postcard and con- no conference as well. Um, all right, do we have? Uh, let's play the uh, some of the goals. Get me, get me jacked up this morning. Let's, yeah, let me go to the Sorelli. Oh, that was such a big goal. Listen for the whoosh of the crowd. I love this part. I'll go in crazy, and it's like oh. Stick. The point shift after a goal here. Brandon Hagel in the defensive zone walks it up to center. you got to protect the middle of the ice. Blue line. High slot, Kalorn. Kalorn tied up. Beats the right point. Perfect. Shoot, save, made. Rebound, loose yep. front. Score! Sorelli! Big goal! Right back in the Toronto net! And we're tied to one! And Mitch, that's the way to answer back. Win the faceoff. Get it in their zone. Low to high. Sorelli makes no mistake. Goes right to the net. Samsonov makes the first initial save, and Sorelli's there to clean it up and throws it in the top left-hand corner. And they have just tied this game. That was, that's, that's the way to answer back. Damn right. Seconds later, you answer back. Um, that's Braden Coburn, by the way, with uh, Dave Mishkin there, courtesy of uh, Lightning Radio. Um, uh, that is such a huge goal. Because you, you just... That place you know, was going crazy was after going Riley scored. bonkers. Going bonkers. Which, I know, did not like that goal at all either. No, but I'm going to give 88 a, a pass and, and many more because <laughs> I, he was... But yeah, he was Vasilevsky I, yesterday. I, I'm not going to lie. When that thing went in, I was like... I was like, oh boy. Come on, dog. You got to have that one. Because I was like, okay, we took everybody out of your side of vision. Right, right. Like and where did they go? Up high. Up high. It's always up high on him. Come on, so that concerned me. But give him credit. Yesterday oh, he was get, it was Vassie. he was fantastic. Yesterday yeah, that was a hiccup. He, he answered the bell. It, maybe that was the maybe that's what he really needed to get him going. Like, am I going to do this again? Seriously, uh, whatever it was, Andre he was, Vasilevsky in elimination games. 
<laughs> Toronto, Toronto Maple Leafs and elimination oh games. Oh my gosh, man. that's eleven in a row. Now. I was listening to all of Sirius. Eleven in a row. I listened three in a row to the Lightning. I listened after I left the, our show yesterday. I put on NHL Network Radio, and I was driving a lot yesterday, and I was listening to it. I mean, you would have thought the Lightning had nothing left to give. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I say that as someone who picked the leap, so maybe this shouldn't come from me, but I'm just putting it out there. Everybody, oh, everybody sitting in Toronto was ready for it. I watched some they of the pregame ready for show. It. I watched some of the pregame show, and they were all, they were just slurping the Maple Leaf stuff, and I'm like, okay. Paul, Paul Bissonnette's tweet before oh, the game. Oh, my God. So good. So, I, I forget what it was exactly. But he, he, I watched the show, and he's like, Maple Leaf this, Maple Leaf oh, that. Oh, he's all aboard, all aboard the Maple Leaf. Yeah, yeah, guess what, bro? They, they lost. Yeah. <laughs> and they may win the series. They may it's win still the series. Is, it's still, I still think it's very unlikely you win three in a row. It's hard. It's really hard to it's do. It's really hard. But you, you think if you're a Lightning fan and you felt bad yesterday, I'm telling you, if you're a Leaf fan, if you're a Leaf coach, and you're a Leaf player, you have to be alarmed still because through five games, you're not the better team. In you're this. not the better. You're team. not even honestly. And frankly, I don't think it's close. And I, frankly, I'm a little surprised. I'm a. I, I thought this would be a much more even series, and I thought that Vassy would be the difference, and it would be we'd be talking about Samsonov, uh, Samsonov sucking. Yeah. And it's been kind of the other way around. But when you look at five on five, it's been when Hedman played. Hedman didn't play game two. When Hedman has played, they have been dominant. They yeah. are the better team. I said it the other day. I'll say it again. Now, the, as we saw in three and four, the better team doesn't always win. No, they do not. Does not doesn't always win. And this is the year of the road team for whatever reason. So let's get six on Saturday night in our building. And um, I'll take my chances with seven. With that, yeah. with those sphincters so tight in, in, in Toronto, you couldn't fit a maple leaf up in there. Well, let's listen to the Mikey goal because this one was my most unex. I did not. First of all, Bogosian with the pass. Yeah. I mean, you talk about much maligned in this series, and he puts out the pass of the series. I'd argue from a Lightning player. Okay. It was a really good pass. Cooch had a Cooch just had a couple of nice ones, but I get you for Bogosian. This is really for good. for Bogosian. It's, <laughs> it's really notch. good. Yes. Uh, here was the call. Afferty at center ice is checked by AC Mott. Who wins it for Ian Cole back in the lightning end? Right wing Bogosian. Early second, one won the score. Bogosian, left wing Acima. Nice Speeds pass. across the Toronto line. He's uh. open left circle. Oh. Shoots! Score! Mikey Acima! 2 1 lightning! He surprised Samsonov! What a cheeky play. Finds the five hole. Samsonov leading off his post. Great shot by Mikey there. You think it? Samsonov thought he was going to pass that? Yeah, he was off his angle. Yeah, he was. It was just he was a cheating. quick wrister. Just beat him. He just saw a little bit of cheating. room between his pads. A little bit of room. And it was a bad angle By shot a as house well. in there. I, I, I mean, I'm so... Look how he opens up. I mean, he, he, you can see he's cheating back towards the middle. And that's what I'm saying. You and get there's him, nobody there. That's what I'm saying. You get him out of this guy. You know why it is? Because he's really bad at moving across the net. Yeah. And that's why he's probably cheating so much because he knows he's got to get over it. He's not the best at doing it. And I bet that's what he was thinking about whenever Asimov's coming down there. But mm-hmm. give credit to Mikey Asimov. Look at his eyes. He's staring right at the five hole the entire yeah. time. Samsonov's like not aware. I was so glad he took the shot, too. We, God, we've been passing up shots like this all the time. Now, Phil would be Pe- so proud. Pepper this guy. Pepper him. Yeah. The more shots, the better. They've been taking a lot of shots. I get that. I mean, a lot they've of been out them. shooting the Leafs in every game. Yeah. It, it's, it, it, look, I'm, I'm, it, I'm not shocked. I'm not surprised. I, you know, I. No, I hate saying that I predicted it. But I told you they were going to win. And, hey, it's a coin flip. <laughs> and it's, uh, it, I think, but I think a lot of people, <clears throat> you included, 
Um, we're just like, oh, it's, it's over. We're just done. See, this is what I hate. Choke it away. This I'm is like, what I hate about this team. This happened last year in the playoffs. There were moments where I said, all right, this is it. They're not well, overcoming stop this. Doubting one. them. It's I why understand you, I mean, why that. Do you, but why do you keep doubt? Why do you keep doubting these guys with you know, this championship some, mentality? I understand that. I just have been saying it all year. It just hasn't felt right. We were literally talking about how they don't have the ability to close the games anymore. You, you know what? That you know what that hasn't happened until last night. They haven't had their backs against the wall. Every obviously the regular season by definition, you're playing another game. You're you don't consider game. game four back against the wall? No, no, it's not a must win. We can cliche oh. that shit all, all we want. <laughs> it's not a must win until <laughs> until you get to win. four. Until you get to four, it's not a must win. That was a must win last night. And what happens when the Lightning's back against the wall? Nobody, and I mean nobody, bounces back like Vassy and the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're very hard to beat two games in a row, especially if – and if the refs aren't involved, I'm just, they wouldn't have lost. I'm at the row. point. Am I going to talk myself into this team coming all the way back now? How can you deny it? Because, like, I'm, I'm caught – like, this is why I'm, like, so conflicted right now with this team and how to think about the rest of the series. Because I'm just going off from the analytics and just the numbers and knowing that beating a team three games in a row, two on their, in right. their place – just seems like it's it's such a hard thing to do, but at the same time, this is a team that has outplayed this team, and theoretically, based on the way they've played in five games, they played five more times, you think the Lightning would win nine of them. Yeah. Because of the way they've played. So that's why I'm so like, I don't know where to go with this right now. You don't want to be a homer, and that's where I was struggling, but everything I know about this team tells me that they're the better team. From what I've seen in this series, from, and, from and the first four games, the whole they thing the about team. the whole thing about the regression to the means yeah. and all that, and we didn't see all of a sudden we didn't see those shots from the point, right? Like we saw with Toronto in games three and four, we didn't see that anymore. Yeah, it just went completely away. So you take that out of the game, then what does Toronto have left? Not much. They have a lot of skill, but they're not playing a skill game right no, now. No, they're not. They're, they're, most of their goals have been tips in, dirty, dirty goals me. and power plays. No, but it's Toronto. Look at their history. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, T.J. Reeves, Buck Sideline Guy, will join us. Quick break. And uh, he was emceeing, hosting the big draft party last night. What was the reaction to uh, a name that was not on many people's buccaneer tongues for the past three months? A bit of a surprise, except for the guys in the room. We'll uh, talk to T.J. Reeves next. Guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com.
JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back that doesn't happen with the jeeves law group personal attention is what they're all about when you call the jeeves law group you will be part of the family they will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies these larger companies will promise bigger settlements but it's the jeeves law group that will get you the best results if you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms check out the jeeves law group go to jeeveslawgroup.com tell them jp sent you get a free consultation It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on FanStream Sports. only just begun. All right, welcome back to J.P. Peterson's show on this big Friday. Brought to you by Bay Area Modern Medical Center, where they have the true body system over there. They put you on that machine, and it's like doing 10,000 crunch sit-ups in like 15 minutes. And they're getting great results with it. So if you want to lean up and get those the 12-pack, 6-pack for the beach this summer, that's the place to go. Bay Area Modern Medical Center, they will hook you up. All right, speaking of 6-packs, uh, 12-packs, let's uh, bring in our good friend T.J. Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> Although... I, I, I'm talking about your your incredible physique, not the fact that you're you know you're, right. you go Wade Box. There were a lot of six packs and uh, twelve packs being consumed. All right, so I have yeah, a question were. on this yeah, Friday yeah. morning. I am a man of many hats, as you see the hats behind me. Mm-hmm. Uh, which hat am I putting on first? Which hat do you prefer for the video audience? I have the Buccaneer hat. I have the Lightning hat. It's your let's world. Go I'm let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right, so I'm putting let's on the Buccaneer, Buccaneer hat yeah, after the draft last night. I'll uh, I'll put that hat on for you. Glad to be with you guys uh, here this morning. Glad to be with thousands and thousands of Buccaneer fans who were at Raymond James Stadium last night. How was that? A lot of them. Okay, a lot of them got soaking wet starting at about nine uh, when that hellacious thunderstorm moved through the Tampa Bay area. We've been dry for a long yeah. time for rain. Good lord, it made up for it last night uh, with lightning and and storms. So there were. There were easily a 1,000 people or more in the lower bowl down on the field, interactive games and that kind of stuff that they were doing that had to scatter. Several thousand others that were in the two club areas for the big parties that were going on. We were in the East Club doing the live show uh, and were there for the duration. And a lot of Buck fans that were there, and I know you want to get into what was the reaction when the pick happened and that kind of stuff, but it was was very interesting that there were a lot of Buck fans that showed out last night to be there for the draft, even if the Bucks weren't picking up the top or near the top of the draft what what you're telling me that now that tom brady's gone we still have fans i was told that Correct. we wouldn't have fans anymore that the whole thing was over like we're not even having a season anymore so right there's, there's still life okay good to know good to, that is good to know good to know i'm yeah. a witness i was there good. all right so what was the audible reaction because let's just be honest collagic canty was not a name that had been bantied about here sure. in local sir i don't know if we ever mentioned him I respected him, but nobody thought we were going interior. And the more you look at his tape, he's not a really an interior, just an interior guy. He's not that guy. He's very versatile, size, speed. But what what was the fans' re- reaction? All right. So largely, I think it was the same kind of okay. Wait a minute, wide-eyed. Who who is this? Yeah. Uh, because it was not somebody that you had heard a lot about. 
and obviously he doesn't play in the eight, in the SEC or the Big Ten to be prominently featured all the time. Now, if you follow college football and you follow the ACC, when you hear things like ACC Defensive Player of the Year, uh, which the ACC consistently has players drafted in the NFL, and this is the best of one of those. Of course they when you hear first-team unanimous AP All-American, everybody that voted voted for him on the defensive line right. as, a, as an All-American tab. Uh, those things stuck out uh, right away. I knew of him. I, I remember watching him in some games against Miami or against Tennessee, uh, et cetera. But clearly, he didn't even realize he was on the Buccaneers' radar because after he talked with the media, the gaggle, uh, in the uh, in in uh, one buck place, he talked with us live on the draft show on ninety eight Rock and Bucks Radio, and I said, "When did the when did the Bucks last contact you?" And he he offered up the combine. The last time I talked to the Buccaneers was the combine. Wow! So no official visit, no other contact besides them. Uh, and then it was interesting. Also, this has now been revealed on the draft call. Jason Light even says, "Hey, I'm Jason Light." General Manager of the Buccaneers, remember we talked at the Combine, which gives away <laughs> that's the last time they were talking wow. to Kalaja uh, Kansi, uh, and, and Jason even admitted, we were sweating whether or not you were still going to be there, and I think they were contemplating, too, do we do what we did with Tristan Wirfs a couple of years ago, Buccaneers in the war room, do we guarantee by trading up one spot, give something up to make sure we get him? They sat and waited, they got him. I know there's a lot of disagreement right now of should you gone and uh, gone ahead and gotten a, a another offensive lineman, another offensive tackle. That may still be there tonight. I mean, people, you guys aren't saying this. People, there's a second and a third round tonight to still address <laughs> things like offensive line, defensive back. Don't act like this is the only guy that right. you're going to have out right. of this draft class. Right. Right. Everybody settle down a little bit, but they were obviously very keen on him. But again, the reaction around the stadium was, we need to know more about this guy. There were a lot of Buck fans looking at me going, okay, we're going to tell you more about him in the coming minutes and then talk to him. So there you go. He he was on my radar early in the process because of the Senior Bowl, um, and that's kind of where Aaron Donald exploded as well. And I said, who is this guy? He looks a lot like Aaron Donald. I went and looked at his tape back, and I was like, wow. This guy's really, really good. But then I went back last night, and I didn't look at the highlight tape. I looked at his tape against Tennessee, against the NFL, what would a would-be NFL guard, and he absolutely dominated. And I mean dominated. I, I, I would say every Buck fan, in fact, I'll tweet out the, the, um, the link so you guys can go watch this tape, and mm-hmm. it is impressive. And I, it, the way he double teams, he can play in space, he can drop in coverage, which is something that is rare, And but Todd Bowles likes to do with these guys. He's athletic enough to do that. The bottom line to me, TJ, is we need to help in the pass rush, and everybody immediately goes to edge. Well, that's not the only way to affect the quarterback. Um, this guy can do it from the inside. He can do it from the outside. He will get after the quarterback, and that's all that matters. I don't care what size he is. I don't care where he plays. Get hits on the quarterback. To get tackles for loss. Be disruptive. And that's what this guy does. What's, your, what's a, your take on him? There's another valid point, too, that he will be so much better with Vita Vea yes. next to him. Yes. And Vita Vea will benefit from him being next to Vita. Because keep in mind, there's no guarantee that an Akeem Hicks is back. He was on a, on a short-term deal. And Dominican Sue was there next to Vita. And look at how powerful the Bucks were on the defensive line with those two guys there. And you make a great point. I mean, the outside rush is only going to be as good as what those interior guys right. can do to help right. them. Right. So if you're hoping for Shaq Barrett or Tryon Shoyenko or the guys on the outside, Anthony Nelson, 
whomever else they're going to draft at edge or defensive end to pass rush, they're only going to be as good as Vita Vea, this guy, William Golston. Remember, you do not have Nacho. Raheem Nunez-Roches signs as a free agent with the New York Giants. You've got to have beef in the middle, uh, big guys that take up double teams, that get the push up the middle to help the guys on the outside, and you guys know that. So, again, it's not the sexiest pick, but if you look back now, starting with Vita being selected in the first round, you move forward to Devin White being selected in the first round, you move forward to Tryon Shoyenka being selected in the first round, and then last year your first pick after trading out of the first round at the top of the second round is, again, a defensive lineman in Logan Hall, and now this pick, you have fortified the front seven and the defensive line repeatedly with young talent. That is obviously something they set out to do over the last four or five years. Well, and they need to get more out of Logan Hall, too. Obviously, we know that, so we'll see if that happens in the second year. Um, all right, TJ, what, uh, what do you see in the next rounds? Um, what, what are the needs? What do you, where do you think the Bucks are going? Are they, they going to jump back in, uh, move up, maybe to get Hendon uh, Hooker? I don't know. What do you think? There's a lot of there's a lot of conversation about that. That would be crazy. And again, you're picking at 19 again in the second round, and you have to believe that for Will Levis and for Hendon Hooker, they're going to go probably in the top five, latest top yeah. ten yeah. of this second round. You would think because they're much cheaper right now. And if you're in need of the quarterback, and some of the bad teams at the top yeah. are going to be in need of quarterback or somebody looking to trade up. And, and bear in mind, as it stands right now, I believe this is correct, Nick, correct me if I'm wrong, the Bucks don't have a fourth-round pick nope. uh, coming up for Saturday. They do have a couple of extra fifth-round picks. What are you willing to give up if you try to move up in the second round uh, tonight? And again, if you're asking me, so you asked me, offensive line is still a need. You can't have enough depth there. Look right. at the injuries a year ago mm-hmm. uh, as the season unfolded. Uh, including Ryan Jensen's hurt before the year ever begins. Donovan Smith's hurt in the first game of the season. Uh, as it turns out, you had other uh, injuries as you went along, too. You can't have enough offensive line depth. Um, if, it is, if it is not a left tackle in this draft, a guy playing left tackle in the second round or the third round, then that's pretty well conclusive, is it not? They're going to move Tristan Wirth oh, over moving. there. Yeah, he's moving. So, so I know Tristan's agent. I keep saying this everywhere. I'll say it to you guys. I think, Nick, we talked about this. Tristan's agent, his family, his bank account, they all want that, that 10-foot move to the left, from right tackle to left tackle, because it's worth about 40 or $50 million to go 10 more feet over here to the left. And again, actions or inaction will speak loudly on are they moving worse over there, and then are you careful with and confident with Luke Gedeke at right tackle? I was saying to a couple of people last night, and you guys know this, Robert Hainsey played uh, right, right tackle as well That's at right. Notre Dame. That's right. So there may be an outright competition at right tackle if Werfs is moving over. But anyway, back to tonight, offensive line, cover corners, you can't have enough of them, and then you may be in a position – uh, as the second round unfolds, okay, who's the best guy that's still left on our board? Right. Who's still sitting there? Maybe it's a tight end that's still sitting there. Maybe they go that route Maybe because you need some tight end. Yeah. You need some tight end depth or an edge rusher, et cetera. Still some good ones on the board. All right, my friend, uh, as you go ahead on out, because we got a bunch of guests here today. Uh, no you problem. Can, you can say a quick thing about your lightning if you like. You can switch oh, wait hats. I'm going to change, I'm gonna change hats. hats on the fly on the video show. <laughs> All I will tell you is that rumors of the demise greatly exaggerated. I'll be the first one to say I was not very confident after what we had seen in blowing the leads in those two games. Who could be confident? But once again, me. these guys, 
these guys with the elimination on the line or something else and Vasilevsky locked in and I know you are loaded up and ready to go for the hockey night live and a Damn game right. six. Damn and if they right. get the first goal on Saturday night, <laughs> look, I mean, look out with this thing potentially headed back to Toronto where they could lose three times in a row in a game seven. And then everybody is fired. The clown GM that was taunting the Lightning fans after Game Four. Bye bye. He could be bye bye. Uh, the coach Sheldon bye-bye. Keith could be bye bye. And do not think for a second that they are not mulling that right now. And if they oh, fall God, behind yeah. Saturday night, it's Chicken Little. So again, this was exciting. They erupted inside the East Club of Raymond James oh, Stadium, and they got the second goal, especially. Yeah. So some mojo for the Lightning. It'll be a great weekend with that. I know you're busy. I know you got to go. Yep. And, and the, by the way, the draft resumes in about nine hours yeah, here. So yeah. we'll reload and see what the Bucks are up to. You guys have me back on whenever you need me next week, whatever. TJ, you're Great to best. be with you. Happy Friday. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. The great TJ Reeves. All right, quick break. When we come back, Jason Rodd is going to join us. Former Devil Ray will join us and talk some Rays baseball as the Rays get a big win. Is this start sustainable is what I want to know from Jason Romano. Quick break. Stay with us. There is no better place to shop for jewelry than the Gold and Diamond Source. They are the family jewelers, and they will treat you like family. They'll make it a fun experience. People come from all over to shop at the Gold and Diamond Source because of their great customer service and incredible, impeccable reputation. No sales pressure, no intimidation, and they have the largest selection of hand-picked diamonds. And by the way, diamonds are the April birthstone. So this month only, they are offering 15% off their diamond birthstone collection available on to select products and you probably heard a lot about lab created diamonds folks they hold no real value you will have no resale value whatsoever with a lab created diamond and of course it's fake it doesn't mean as much the golden diamond source has plenty of options to accommodate any budget folks interest-free financing up to five years a layaway program 20 percent down and only six monthly payments and of course the diamond savings account where you get full value of your diamond when you look to upgrade it's all there for you at the golden diamond source 3800 Olmerton road always online at the golden diamond source.com all right this is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches at bay area modern medical center you can get on the new true body machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle it's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, B-A-M-M-C dot com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank, but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa, and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. 
Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Let's go! Right now. Back to the show with JP on FanStream Sports. Howdy, Patanas. We're back. Thanks to the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S Law Group.com. Let's welcome in our good friend, Jason Romano. We got him on the stream. Clearly the most handsome guy on this show by far, but that's a very low bar, so don't get too excited, Jason. Uh, what's up, my friend? How are you? How are you, man? Looking good? Yeah, we can't hear you, I think though. he's muted. You're, You're muted. muted. Yeah. Unmute yourself. Are you muted? Nope, still can't hear you. Da-da-da. Still can't hear him? Nope, still can't hear him. He looks good, though. He looks really good, and he can hear us. Oh, his wife. Here we go. Try, try again. Nope. Are you, sure, are you sure you're not on mute? On your, it's showing your, mute on my You're muted on my end here. Yeah. That, that. here he's going he's gonna to drop and reenter here. Okay. Um, by the way, the uh, Rays win last night 14-5. to Brandon Lau almost hits for the cycle, double shy of the cycle, after going 0 for 15 with 10 strikeouts into his normal uh, midseason funk. Well, actually, normally he usually saves that for postseason. So he got it out of the way, at least one of them, hopefully. So, um, and they're back on the, the winning track. They are 19-1 and against every team in, the, in baseball they've played, not named the Blue Jays or the Astros. They are nineteen and one. And what are they against the Blue Jays and Astros? Two and four. Two and four. Two and four. But the Astros series, which we didn't even get, we didn't really talk much about that series because there were so many other things, and And they they got got shut out twice. But if you'd have told me the Rays would have given up nine runs to the Astros in three games, you're doing pretty good. I mean, I would have told you, oh yeah, they swept the Astros. Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately, the bats just went a little quiet. The offense has just kind of been in a funk. It's kind of been in a funk. Two game funk. They went three games without hitting a home run, JP. What are we going to do? I know. It's, I think you get to break them up at this point. Yeah, but all across the lineup yesterday, what, they get 16 hits? Yeah. In that lineup, like four guys with three of them. I mean, and against Dylan Cease, who struggled in two games against the Rays. And I guess Lonnie, by the way, Lonnie said, or no, he's going to the game tonight. I thought you were there last night, Lonnie. I was like, you're like one of a thousand who were there. Like, Did you see that crowd? There's nobody. In Chicago? Yeah. What? Oh, Are we going to write an article telling them to move to Nashville now? <laughs> I don't know, Mike Bianchi. What I don't know. Got, what do you got for us? Yeah. Here, Jason's back in. Let me see if we can pop him up here. Is he good? Jason, can we hear you? He's, you're still showing mute on our – there you go. 
No, we can't hear you still. God damn it. All right. We're going to take a break, and we're going to call you. We're going to call you. Uh, I, I don't know. We can't get your audio for some reason. It may be on our, our – but we're going to take a break. We're going to call you. So stand by. Quick break. We'll get Jason Romano on here, like a minute break, and uh, we'll be back. Stay with us. coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813 813- 294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is FanStream Sports with JP. All right, welcome back. Now we got the great Jason Romano on with us. We just went to the old phone. What's up, Jason? How you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm good, man. I'm good. How you doing? Good, good. It's been an interesting baseball season. Uh, For those of you who don't know, Jason, of course, played for the Rays, number one pick, now works for XL Management, represents all these all-stars, including Kyle Tucker and a lot of the, the great players. So it's been an interesting start to the season. Uh, what's mm-hmm. your take? What's your just overall take on the new rules? All your players around the league, how are they liking all the new stuff? Yeah, I think they're all adjusting to it pretty well. Um, pitchers have kind of settled in. I haven't heard any more complaints about that. Hitters, I think, are still a little trying to get used to it. They seem a little rushed. They really don't have time to go through their kind of tempo or rhythm and 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 their uh, you know plan of attack. So that's been a little bit of adjustment. But again, I think the violations are going down every week. So it seems like players are on board, and, you know, in another three or four months, this will be a non-issue with everybody. It'll be kind of baked into what they do. How do you like it as a former player? Better than you Yeah, thought? I don't have to be in the batter's box, so I love it. <laughs> I went to the Rays-Astros game Wednesday night, and it was two hours and nine minutes, and well, it's back in my house by 10 o'clock, so it was great. It's a big deal, and doesn't it, it makes people go back to the yard, you know? I went to opening day, yeah. I was walking out of there, it was about 2.14, it was, and it was a very entertaining game, there was a lot of activity, and more than just the time, though, Jason, I think there's more activity in the game, I think it's making the pitchers be more aggressive, and I think it's getting the, getting the batters more aggressive, too, don't you think? Yeah, I mean... When I was coming up, 
you know, playing, that was the biggest thing is like, hey, keep the tempo going to keep your defense on their toes and keep right. the game moving. So they encouraged our pitchers to work fast, but over time it kind of yeah. slowed up and guys really took their time, so the game really, really drug out. Um, a lot of, when the analytics come in, a lot of the coaches and, you know, started making all these changes and pickoffs and it just, it really does slow it down. So this new style of baseball is fun. Um, I think my wife, she went to the game with the other day and she loved it because it was a two hour game. <laughs> Kids love it. Yeah. Um, so I think they're just, they're, they're right on track with those changes and, uh, players, players adjusted and players will continue to adjust. So this Rays start, what is it, 20, 21 and 5 now? 21 and 5. Uh, I mean, unbelievable start. 22 home runs, uh, 22 games with a home run. I mean, can they sustain this? And I've kind of looked at this and said, nobody's doing anything crazy, right? Nobody has 15 home runs. Nobody's hitting, you know, 475. All these guys that are doing it, it's just everybody's kind of hot at the right time, right? Yeah, they're just a good old fashioned baseball team that yeah. just knows how to play together. They're winning. Obviously, they're hot and yeah. uh, they're uh, you know they're playing out of their minds. But I don't think it's going to like drop off and and they're not going to tank or anything. I think they're going to you know be there around the top of that division the rest of the year and you know make a run for that playoffs and they probably will get in again. And then from there, it's just whatever happens. You get pitching is what it comes down to. But um, I like their chance. I like their team. I mean. They're they're energetic. They play hard. They play fast. Um, they have good energy about them, and their and their pitching's good. Their bullpen's great. So they have all the they have all the pieces to make a, a serious run over 162. But it's still a long way to go. Long, long way to go. And and what are you seeing from Wander Franco, especially that catch he made the other night, which we uh, yeah. we think we talked about it. This kid, I know, as advertised, if he could stay healthy and on that trop grass, that's that's you know a big if. What, what do you think? Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's he's special. That's why they gave him $182 million without even seeing anything of what he could do. I mean, they knew yeah. projection-wise. But I was at the game the other night when he made that catch, and I told people around me in the Astros section I was sitting in that that probably was one of the best plays I've ever seen in my life. Like, just to watch <laughs> it in person, to see where he started at the shortstop and ended up in the bullpen, you know, as an athlete and person that's been on that field, like that's almost impossible to pull off and to just barehanded at the end over the shoulder, backwards. Like <laughs> you couldn't add a harder element to that to that play, and this guy pulled it off. Talking to Jason Romano, former uh, Hillsboro High number one pick and Devil Ray. How do you like um, the seeing them in your old uniform there? Uh, they've been wearing, wearing those old Devil Ray uniforms all year. Yeah, man, I like those. the Devil Rays. Gonna, that's a that's a good look. I mean, it's been a long time since we I've seen those in person, but uh, I actually like them a lot. They wear them more often. You still have that jersey somewhere in the in the closet? Yeah, I got one. I got them all up in my uh, house here, nice. set up in uh, these frames. Very nice, very nice. Yep. All right, so you got a, a fundraiser <laughs> coming up this weekend with a sweet Bronco that you're giving away. Tell everybody about it. Yeah, yeah. So we teamed up with the uh, Children's Cancer Center of Tampa here and beat childhood cancer. Uh, also, Bill Curry Ford has put up a, a unbelievable Bronco that's just beautiful. Um, it's going to be parked in Midtown all uh, all weekend. So anybody in the Tampa area, go there, check it out. For a $100 donation to cancer, you're entered in to win uh, a brand-new jacked-up Ford Bronco. We're only selling 1,000 tickets, so you have a 1 in 1,000 chance to win it. So anybody that wants to potentially win a, a brand-new 60-some-thousand-dollar Bronco for a $100 chance, go to Midtown. Uh, today, Saturday, or Sunday, and the Bronco will be right out front in the middle Sweet. there. I scan the QR code, and it's really easy to enter, and uh, just 
get you a ticket and good luck. Can you enter online? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a link. Uh, I, I'll send you the link, to, uh, JP. So yeah, you can, I'll tweet it out. Uh, you again. can do it. Yep. Yep. yep tweet it out, and then uh, also I'm uh, making my debut this weekend back at playing oh, against right. Savannah Bananas who are in town. That's right. Tell me about that. <laughs> that's what uh, Saturday night at uh, at Steinbrenner. Yeah, Savannahs are in town. Savannah Bananas. So obviously they're a huge deal. They're playing tonight against the Party Animals here in Tampa. Uh, their team that they travel with, um, and then Saturday night they're playing against MLB alumni. So me, Nick Swisher, Bronson Arroyo, nice. Andrew Miller, a bunch of big names from around here, uh, we're all going to be trying to play against them. Supposedly it's ultra-competitive. Like, they're playing nine innings trying to beat us. So uh, we got to bring Ooh. our A game. Yesterday was hilarious. We were out at the Yankees complex taking batting practice. <laughs> all these old guys out there hitting. You ain't so old. Uh, How many did you put out? Yeah, I had about five or six out for a forty-three year old. Not bad. Not too shabby. Did you hit one as far yeah. as uh, that ball I hit off you in the cage a couple of years ago? I think I think <laughs> that thing. Not. If there wasn't Probably a net, not. that thing would still be might have landed yeah. in the bay. Yeah, yeah. Nick doesn't. Yeah, Nick doesn't believe it. Mean, I- Nick has only seen no, me. You're, you're, a, you're a rollover merchant. That's what you are now. Oh, uh, yeah. I put, I put up a video. Yeah, they put of on a great show, so it's going to be, I mean, Tampa's, it's packed. It's sold out. I mean, they're right. Hopefully this rain holds off. That'd be the only thing. Yeah. But uh, it should be all good. All right. Well, I wish I could see you out there Saturday night. You know I'd go, but I got this little hockey game to do on Saturday night oh, at yeah. Emily now. So, um, but I will definitely be watching the highlights. I want to see you go yard. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And uh, I'll send you the link to that Bronco. Yeah. Yes. And anybody, just stop by Midtown this weekend and help support Children's Cancer and uh, get a chance to win that Bronco for 100 bucks. Yep, I'm uh, tweeting it out now, the tweet the tweet that you sent me. So there you go. Thanks, right. partner. Appreciate right. you, brother. Have fun this all weekend. All right. See you, see you, JP. See if you can beat the Savannah Bananas. Um, all right, uh, quick break. Luke Easterling is going to join us, draft guru. So stay with us. We'll get his take on... Kalijah can't see. I think he's going to like him or already does. Stay with us. Folks, there is no better place to shop for jewelry than the gold and diamond source. They are the family jewelers and they will treat you like family. They'll make it a fun experience. People come from all over to shop at the Gold and Diamond Source because of their great customer service and incredible, impeccable reputation. No sales pressure, no intimidation, and they have the largest selection of hand-picked diamonds. And by the way, diamonds are the April birthstone. So this month only, they are offering 15% off their diamond birthstone collection available on just select products. And you've probably heard a lot about lab-created diamonds, folks. They hold no real value. You will have no resale value whatsoever with a lab-created diamond. And of course, It's fake. It doesn't mean as much. The Golden Diamond Source has plenty of options to accommodate any budget, folks. Interest-free financing up to five years, a layaway program, 20% down, and only six monthly payments. And, of course, the Diamond Savings Account, where you get full value of your diamond when you look to upgrade. It's all there for you at the Golden Diamond Source, 3800 Omerton Road, always online at thegoldendiamondsource.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric 
cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fan Stream Sports. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show, brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S Law Group.com, and the Golden Diamond Source. April is Diamond Birthstone Month, so, well, you're lucky if you were born in April, you get some diamonds. 15% off at the Golden Diamond Source. Great place to shop right there. Great folks doing great things in the community, and uh, big showroom, great staff. If you're buying jewelry, there's no other place to go. Golden Diamond Source, no question about it. All right, let's uh, bring in the gold standard for the NFL draft. We'd love to chat with Luke Easterling, uh, who just put up something on SI now uh, for the second and third round. So if you're looking for who the Bucks should be taking in the second or third round, that's a good little read. What's up, Luke? How are you? Doing great, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. A lot of Bucks fans, though. A little miffed. A little miffed. Nolan Smith was on the board. And the Bucks went uh, Kalija Kansi. I like the pick. Um, I think the kid is really special. I wish he was twenty pounds heavier, but he's not. Uh, maybe that would make him slower. I don't know. What, what's your take on him? Yeah, I love the pick, and and, and there's a lot of reasons why I, I get that that Bucks fans are. I don't know, maybe not thrilled, but it, it's all about expectation, right? If we had been having different conversations about Kalija Kansi as a possibility over the last month or so. Um, which obviously kudos to the Bucks front office for not really tipping their hand there. We were talking about wow. you know all the guys that that we talked about when we discussed this the other day. You know, we did Canty's name didn't really come up. Um, but honestly, if you if you look at the team and the way it's built, look at the roster the way it is, look at what the Bucks lost in free agency along the defensive line and what they have under contract. Yeah, I mean it's it's really Vita Vea and not a lot else yeah. in terms yep. of high end talent and and especially in terms of the future. So. Now, assuming Cancy, you know, is is a, a quality starter, Vita's under contract through 2026, so you've got the interior of your defensive line. Obviously, throw in Logan Hall, last year's top pick, at the top of the second round. If he develops quickly, I mean, Cancy is an outlier in, in, in a lot of ways, right? If you look at his size, obviously he's undersized. But, and again, I'm never going to compare a draft pick to a, a Hall of Famer, but he's also the same size. As Aaron Donald, he's the same size as John Randall was. He's very similar in size to, to what Warren Sapp was. And I only bring that up not to set expectations for him, but to say if you're, if you're special at certain things, right. if you're explosive, you're disruptive, you can be dominant at that size. There is, there is history, there is precedent for a guy being able to succeed despite having that type of frame, right? So that's kind of the way I look at it. I know again the, the mock draft culture that I that I participate in yes, that I prote- yes. perpetuate over the entire rest of the year kind of leads fans to kind of prepare themselves for this guy or that guy. I'm telling you, in a vacuum, Kalijah Kansi is one nasty, nasty dude, and he is going to bring a, a lot of explosiveness and pass rushing ability that this defense just desperately needs. Whether that's on the edge or on the inside, and you could argue that that interior pressure is more of a pain for quarterbacks than exterior pressure because you have to bail out of the pocket instead of being able to step into the pocket. 
I mean, Kansi brings explosive pass rushing ability. This team needs that on defense. So whether that was on the edge or on the interior, I don't care. I, I think this guy can be a special player. And I'm curious too. You know, where did you have Kansi on your big board specifically? Do you think the Bucks got good value at 19? And and also, what do you make of the fit next to Vita Vea? I do, I do. I had him at 24 overall, and again, something that's very important for people to remember is the way that we stack boards in the media is way different than the way teams stack boards individually, because we look at it, obviously, as a very macro, big picture, 30,000 foot, whatever cliche you want to use. In that sort of way, I'll have 300 guys on my boards. The Bucks probably have half that, because they have very specific things they're looking for, in very specific positions. They narrow things down in a very different way, all 32 teams do than we in the media do. So the fact that I had him at 24 and he went at 19, people are like, oh, he's, he's a reach. No, not really. If you look at the way the board is stacked, I had Jalen Carter from Georgia as the number one interior defensive lineman in this draft. Elijah Canty was number two. So that go. tells you how I value him in terms of the rest of the D-line the D prospects there. So they got the next best defensive lineman after Jalen Carter, got him at 19. Um, I think the value and the fit was there. Uh, and again, as far as how he fits in the defense, I know everybody will say, oh, well, you know, Todd Bowles runs a 3-4. How does an undersized defensive tackle fit in that? It's not really a 3-4. It's not. It's, it, he moves these fronts around so many different ways, and the Bucks, just like every other team in the NFL, are in nickel or dime as much as they're in anything else, which means you've got two linebackers, five or six DBs, and four down linemen. You've got four guys in the defensive front. So you're going to have that, you know, upfield, gap-shooting, three-technique defensive tackle on the field more often than not because most teams are in three and four wide receiver sets most of the time now. So Vita's still going to be the, the space-eating, you know, I'm going to take up two blockers on the inside mm-hmm. to free up a guy like Cansey to get one-on-one matchups against guards. And with that explosiveness, he runs a 4-6, man. Guys like that are why I stopped playing football. <laughs> I was running 4-6s at 165 pounds soaking wet in high school playing right. quarterback, and this guy's doing it at 280. I mean, he's going to fit really, really well because he's, he's exactly the opposite, basically, of Vita. Now that Vita's not a, a talented pass rusher, but Vita is that massive space-eating mountain in the middle to stuff the run and to eat up blocks so guys like Kansi can get one-on-one matchups, use that explosiveness and that pass rushing ability. I think it's a perfect fit. Luke Easterling joining us uh, here for Athlon Sports and SI.com. Um, you know, Luke... I- I, I know people think defensive linemen. Oh, I want a guy who's six foot five, six foot six, like like Logan Hall. Um, I like the I like the six foot one guys, the six foot two guys because low man wins. And if you turn yeah. on the, if you turn on this kid's tape, he gets under. I see him getting under that. And I've, I've been talking about this Tennessee tape that I watched last night. He gets under that center and under that guard, guys that are going to play in the NFL, and just drives them back. You know, for 280 pounds, he's moving guys that are 320, 330, and he's moving them a lot because he gets them on their heels. He goes around tackles. And, it, and, and I said this earlier, people wanted an edge rusher because they, they would talk about pass rush. This guy will affect the pass rush in many, many different ways and help you in the run game as well. So just talk about how important technique is, look, being low and being disruptive, and, and that you can get all that done. Yeah, well, think about it from an offensive lineman's point of view. If I'm right. a 6'4 guard and I'm trying to get pad level and win that battle against a guy who's six foot six one, it's, yep. that's a pain. I'm going to lose more often than not. It's, it's not easy to do. And the other thing about his technique is, is watch his hands, man. That dude's hands are violent. He, yeah. he has a great pass rush arsenal and the way he uses his hands and arms to really just 
I mean, if you look, if you look at the guys trying to block him, they just look like they don't want to be there for very long. You know, <laughs> after after a few reps, I they just like, man, can I go home? Can I go home? This guy is really like, my arms hurt. They're bruised. He's yeah. chopping and he's pushing me all over the place again. A guy like that, he's always going to win pad level. He's got great hands and knows what he's doing with them. Um, obviously, the the competitiveness, the nonstop motor. You hear some of his coaches talk about. Uh, just his work ethic and his habits as a teammate and stuff like that. There's so many reasons why I think he'll be a great fit in that locker room. But as a player, you're you're absolutely right. He'll always win the pad level battle because he's already down there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not going to be able to get under that guy. And, and with that and the hand usage, I think he's going to be a, a, a force to be reckoned with there. And again, like I said, having played quarterback, I'd much rather have edge pressure than interior pressure. Interior right. pressure, right. I have nowhere to go. I have to bail, and now I have to loop around. If I have edge pressure, I can step up into a nice, clean pocket in the interior. If you wreck the interior, the quarterback is, is not happy. It's toast. Yeah, so we love the pick, love the fit, all those things. So what? now the Bucks turn, obviously, uh, to day two today, and they have that 50th pick right now. Uh, where do you see their, where their biggest need lies now? Obviously, tackle is still there. I mean, maybe an edge, maybe a tight end. What are some of the players you think they might be targeting there with that 50th pick now? Yeah, definitely still a lot of a lot of needs to fill. I wouldn't honestly be surprised if they tried to move down a little, maybe try to get back that fourth rounder that they gave up for Zion McCollum in the fifth last year. Because um, I, I don't know how much separation there will be uh, between who's there at fifty and who would be there kind of towards the end of the second. So if they can get an extra pick to move down a little bit, I think they could just because they do have multiple areas they could look at. So if they look at the board and there's two or three guys at two or three different positions that they like, they might feel comfortable. Uh, dropping back, but it, it's all about philosophy, right? Obviously, on the surface, you would say, "Hey, they need a left tackle." Well, that's only if they're going to, you know, not move Luke Gedicki to right tackle and see what they have there. If they feel comfortable moving him to right tackle, where he played really well in Week 18, his natural position, which is what he played at Central Michigan, right. instead of playing guard, and then they move Tristan Wirfs to the left side. Maybe they don't feel like they have to go tackle. Maybe that contributed to the fact that they weren't, you know, going to take Anton Harrison there at 19, or or didn't move back to try to get him later. Um, that's maybe that contributed. So maybe that's not part of the plan. So right. other than that, like you said, edge rusher, they could get linebacker depending on you know the future of Levante David and Devin White, both at linebacker. There's going to be some talented linebackers available there in the second, third round. Uh, you mentioned tight end. I know they'll take a tight end in this draft. I don't know how early. Same for a, a running back. They, I know they need a number two to, to kind of pair with Rashad White there. Um, but edge rusher, and, and I think the dark horse here is a, is a nickel corner. You yeah. know, obviously you have two of the better outside guys in Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis, but you lost Sean Murphy Bunting, and you've got Zion McCollum there who had a really rough rookie year. I, I don't know if, if nickel is something they would prioritize there. Clark, Clark Phillips the third from uh, Utah I think would be a perfect fit there. Brian Branch, I don't see him last until 50 from Alabama, but he's yeah. still on the board. Yep. Definitely some interesting, uh, interesting options there if they want to go nickel as well. Yeah, B.J. Ojolari um, from LSU yep. is still there on the edge. And, and just because they took Cansey, I don't think it, it says they're not going edge either. Um, so, I, yeah, I think there's a lot. There's a lot. Of, I'm looking at your list right now. There's a lot of good players on there. They're Day not, two is always the best, man. Day two is always the best. You love to see all the talent that falls and, and try to see what you could get. I love Ojolari. If he was there at 50, yeah. I would love that pick. I, I wouldn't Hall. think they'd be. Yeah, they, they would double up at, at pass rusher all day long yeah. outside and interior. I think they'd do that if, if he's on the board you got a couple of guys at 18 and 19 left on your board too that are interesting <laughs> the bucks don't have a quarterback <laughs> under contract for 2024 it's kind of an important position where are you on uh i love hendon hooker i think we know why will levis dropped and I, i'd like to get your opinion but i think it's all about his attitude 
Um, I think people see a little fraud in him. Uh, inauthenticity might be another word I would use. Um, what's your take on those two guys? I mean, listen, this is – I had three quarterbacks ranked in my top ten overall players. All three of those quarterbacks went in the top four last night. Okay. The other two guys I have at 49 and 50 overall. I have second-round grades on Hendon Hooker and, and Will Levis, my fourth and fifth quarterbacks, and they're still on the board in the second round. So, you know, it's, it's not – the only thing that surprises me about it is that the league evidently agreed. Right. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of used to the, the, the NFL inflating certain quarterbacks, yeah. certain skill sets, and I'm used to being the guy who's not as high on a guy. I was, you know, I had Mac Jones, I think, in that same range in the 50s. Um, I had Daniel Jones in the same range in, yeah. the, in the late 40s, early 50s, uh, and those guys went top 15, you know. So, it's, you know, I, I'm kind of surprised that I just expected the league to value Levis more than it looks like they do. So the fact that he's there on the, on the board now is not surprising to me in, in terms of my evaluation just because I obviously see a guy with a big, strong arm. He's got the size. He played in the pro-style offense. He's got some, some positives to him. But the big thing for me is coming out of the 2021 season, he needed to improve accuracy. He needed to improve decision-making, consistency, and none of those things got better in 2022. The, the progression just wasn't there. And I know he was banged up. I know he lost some players on the offense. But you want to see that guy make a, a jump. And comparing him to a guy like Anthony Richardson, who had a really bad start last season. His first three or four games were awful. But he quietly got a lot better over the rest of the season. I think the last six games of the year, he had 12 TD passes and two interceptions. So you saw some progression there that encouraged you. Levis kind of went the opposite way, and, and, and again, I can't speak to his character. I've never spoken to the man. Um, I'm not much of a sources guy in terms of how teams feel about him, but in terms of just him as a player, I saw a, a day-two guy with some traits that you could develop but who didn't need the, the pressure, and, and I thought Ryan Leaf this morning on, on NFL Network had a great yeah, perspective on, yeah. on why falling to the second round might end up being the best thing for Will Levis because he won't have the weight of that top-five pick. I've got to be the guy, savior right away. And maybe that's the best thing for a guy like that. Obviously, I wish him the best. I hope he lands in a great spot for him. Hendon Hooker, again, 25 years old, coming off the torn ACL in, 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 uh, in November. So you're really looking at a 26-year-old quarterback in 2024 at full strength. But, man, when he was healthy, obviously Heisman front runner. Ooh. He throws probably the best deep ball in this class. Agreed. Um, if you're comfortable with the, with the translation from the offense, I know Tennessee runs kind of a weird offense, so may, maybe some concern there. But, man, he's – He's a baller. He can throw the ball as well as anybody. Like uh, he's an athlete. He can move if he's back to full strength. So, I, I, again, I would take Hendon Hooker first um, ahead of Will Levis. I'm not sure how they'll go to, tonight, but I expect them to both be drafted tonight. It'd be interesting to see where they land. And when you look elsewhere with what we saw last night, was there a, a pick or two maybe that kind of left you scratching your head a little bit? I mean, I'll tell you mine was, was everything Detroit did when you had two premium yeah, picks. Yeah. And you take the two mo- least most important positions on the field. Uh, would you agree with that, or were there some other picks that you uh, were scratching your head at? Yeah, yeah. I think that you got to start with Detroit. I, I think that you know I liked the move originally, but to move back and then it's not that I don't love Jameer Gibbs. Again, he was the 16th ranked player on my board, just like Bijan Robinson was third. You know, I mean, I, I don't include positional value when I rank these guys and I grade these guys. So. It's not that I don't think he's a great football player. I just think you already have DeAndre Swift. I know you were going to add another running back, and it's not – Jameer Gibbs isn't just a running back. He can line up wide. He can line up in the slot. He can do a lot of different things for you. So it, it, I think he'll be fun to watch in that offense. It's just interesting with the, with the way the board fell and the things they could have had. And the same thing with Jack Campbell. I think he's yeah. a hell of a football player. I just don't think he's a top-20 player in this draft, and I don't think 
again, like you said, it, you can get productive players at both of those positions later. And considering right. what was on the board when they had a chance to pick, I, you know, it, it, they were the, the most head-scratching um, team last night. And really, there was nothing really else that surprised me as much. Maybe the Jets at 15, I, I feel like they got sniped uh, by, uh, by Pittsburgh, who moved ahead of them for Broderick Jones. I think that was probably yeah. their guy. So Will, Mc, Will McDonald felt a little early at 15. Um, maybe Emmanuel Forbes felt a little early at 16 for Washington, considering the guys that were on the board there. Christian Gonzalez was still there at corner. Yeah. Deontay Banks, both of whom I have ahead of them. Joey Porter Jr. still on the board. And if the Pittsburgh Steelers don't take him at 32 tonight, I'm going to throw something because that's just <laughs> so too his, perfect. So will his dad. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that, yeah. That's so, yeah, the, the, the Lions are still the biggest surprise. And, and hey, they got three more picks in the second round tonight, so they can they have three more ways to, to go Screw all over it up. the place and shock us again. <laughs> What would you think of what the Eagles did? I thought they won the draft, and I, I think they're far and away the best team in the NFC. I mean, it's that, it's that scene from Breaking Bad with Aaron Paul, right? It's, they can't keep getting away with it. They can't keep getting away with it. How does this guy end up with two, the, the number two player on my board in Jalen Carter? He gets him at nine. Nolan Smith was number 14, I think, on my board. He gets him at 30. I, I had My last mock draft, I had the Eagles trading back a couple of spots from 10 to 12 and taking Nolan Smith at 12. So they get him at thirty, and, and again they're they're rebuilding Kirby Smart's defense there in Philly. And uh, <laughs> ju- judging by the results that the Bulldogs have had the last couple of years, yeah. that's not a bad strategy at all. Yeah, and the other team too that I thought made a big splash was was obviously Houston. Uh, all these smoke yep. screens about quarterback and would they take one? I thought they made the right decision with Stroud. Don't overthink it. But then they go up to three and they get Will, Will Anderson, and that's what I was going to ask you, Luke. Did I mean the price they gave up, especially including next year's first? I don't know how much better of a team this is going to be uh, next year, even though I think they're going to take some strides. How do you feel about just the price they gave up to go back and get Will Anderson? I mean, I don't love it. Uh, I'll be honest. I think it was probably you know <laughs> this is all relative, right? Things are worth what people are willing to pay for them. Exactly. So we can look at our trade trade value charts all day long and we can say you know whatever we want about what it should cost but it costs what the team says they will accept so you know if you were convicted and and it's basically what nick seria the gm said last night if you're convicted about a player to that degree nobody's ever going to remember go back and look at some of the more massive trades we've had at the top of the draft and look at the players who have been selected with those all those picks that they gave up and it doesn't always work that way it's kind of a lottery ticket anyway so if you are convinced that not only C.J. Stroud can be your franchise quarterback, and I believe he can. I think he's one of the most pro-ready players in this draft. I think he'll be an immediate upgrade there for them. And and if you're convinced that Will Anderson can be the guy we all think he can be, Will Anderson would have been the slam dunk number one overall pick in last year's draft, but he wasn't eligible yet. So, I mean, at the end of the day, again, D'Amico Ryans I think is one of the biggest winners here because, yeah, you, you gave up a bit more, but you start your tenure as the head coach of this franchise with a franchise quarterback and a franchise pass rusher on the other side. Not too shabby. I'll, I'll worry about everything else later. That's not too shabby. You give me C.J. Stroud and Will, Will Anderson Jr. to start uh, my, my head coaching tenure there. I think whatever they gave up, if those two players pan out, especially Will Anderson, I don't think anybody's going to care what they gave up. Um, even if it, I mean, if that ends up being a five, top five pick, I get it. But th- these players are, are too hard to find. And when you have a chance to grab two of the best in the draft, it's going to cost you a little bit. So I, I applaud them for being bold, and, and I think it's going to work out. I think Will Anderson is a special player. All right, last question for you. But what you saw last night in the, in the TV broadcast, what was the weirdest, funniest, dumbest thing you saw? It may have been uh, Addison's uh, glasses, that whole getup he was wearing. 
his interview is pretty, uh, or maybe Will Levis's hot girlfriend. I don't know what what, what caught your eye, or something somebody said. Dude, it's so it's so bad, but I I keep the TV like almost so low that I can't like while I'm writing and okay. working, I don't All really right. notice right. a lot of the like pageantry that goes on. I think at the end, the, the worst thing for me was like I think it was a cover band at the end that was trying to play a bunch of <laughs> songs or something. That was I I went ahead and just turned the TV off at that point and just got to work because that that wasn't really. Uh, and you know, in the bolts one, so I was at least in a good mood. Yeah, exactly. Point, so. Yeah, I was trying to watch. I- I'll everything. give you the answer. It was Dude Perfect coming on the stage. I don't know. Dude Perfect was popular when I was like, oh, the coin flip, the coin flip thing. Yes. Yeah, what in the world was that? Dude, was Dude that? Perfect was popular Why? when I was like in in like eighth grade. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, what are we? What are I, we doing? I don't know. They had him, the shark. Here? They had them come out with Donna Kelsey. I'm like, what's the relationship? Kelsey's mom what's the and they're flipping here? a giant coin. Like, what are? Yeah. Okay. No, there it is. There it is. There's always something stupid. All right, Luke, uh, tell everybody where they can get your content, by the way. Hey, it's pretty simple on social media. It's at Luke Easterling. Um, like I said, I've got a bunch of day two stuff up on uh, SI.com right now. Good stuff. And then I'm also doing stuff at AthlonSports.com, uh, winners and losers, best picks and steals and reaches and that sort of thing. So I'm jumping back between both of them. Um, so go to SI.com, AthlonSports.com, and you'll find me there both. Good stuff. Thanks, Luke. Appreciate it, buddy. You're the best. Hey, no problem, guys. Enjoy the rest of the draft. All right. Uh, it's going to be it's, – it's, it's ongoing. There'll be – the Bucks will probably end up with another six players by the end of the weekend. And, and there, go look at his list. There's a lot of good players on that list. A lot of really good players that fell. I wish mean, we had two twos. I mean, I'll right tell now. you, like, another one of my surprises that I that didn't go in the first round was, was Michael Mayer. Uh, I saw Kincaid went 25, which I thought was great value at to Buffalo. Maybe they sniped Dallas by trading up in front of did. them. I think they did. But I thought Dallas still, it made so much sense. And it's like ESPN almost had the pick almost written almost. It's going to be Michael Mayer. And they right. kept showing him. And they said his comp was Jason Witten. And Dak loves throwing the tight ends. We love that. And they don't have a tight end right now. And they go with Mozzie Smith, which I did not see that coming at all. And what's interesting about that kid, three years at, at Michigan – one sack and six tackles for loss. That's there's no production there to go off of at all. Even though he's a big body, but and I know I Dallas was soft in the run game, but still, I, I don't it's a little befuddling there. I don't understand when teams choose players like this. If you can't do it, I mean, think about Michigan's schedule. Think about Michigan's schedule. Think how many snaps this guy played. I mean, they, Michigan plays about four or five good teams a year and plays a lot of dogs. Yeah, and you have how many tackles for loss? Six. Six. In Six? three years. In three years? <laughs> and, and Dallas, I, they did not know what to I do mean, with that you're, pick. You're four non-conference games. You're playing against guys that are going to be you know, stocking groceries at Publix, and, yeah. you, and you can't beat that guy? They look like they panicked. Did you, did you see that when they were showing the war they room? They panic. Within like 40 seconds to go on the clock, they're showing the live feed there in Dallas's war room, and they're all just sitting there, and Jerry Jones is still talking to Mike McCarthy, probably saying, like, is this the guy you want? Is this who you want? You know, whatever. And then with like 20 seconds left on the clock, then they, you know, they do the fake, you know, shaking hands and clapping, which is weird, by the yeah, way. Yeah. It's always very weird. Yeah. So they started doing that, and I'm like, my takeaway was, okay, they got sniped by, uh, by Buffalo, mm-hmm. and they panicked. They did. That's what it felt like to me in that, in that situation. Yeah, you got to have more production than that. All right, uh, we'll do a quick break here. We'll come back. Uh, we're gonna do. Some, we're giving away those Top Golf things. Top Golf at Raymond James Stadium, uh, coming up uh, next week, May fourth through the seventh. Really cool deal. They're gonna set up all those bays in the south end zone. Uh, so we're giving away 
five tickets to that, five pairs of tickets. So if you want them, hit us up in our chat or on uh, Twitter at FanStreamJP, at Nick Gettis News, at the J.P. Peterson Show, and we'll select a few of those. So stay with us. Lots more to come. Guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Hey guys, JP here for the Gold and Diamond Source. There is no better place to shop for jewelry than the Gold and Diamond Source. We know that. They are the family jewelers and they will treat you like family. It's always a fun experience. Just head on over there. You will not find a better selection anywhere in the world. It's a jewelry super center. They've got engagement rings, necklaces, earrings, pendants, chains, and thousands of diamonds to choose from. They're all right there. They don't have to ship anything in. They have jewelry for every price range as well. Guys, if you're looking for some of those baller watches, they have a great selection. They have new and used. You can get some great collectibles there as well. And if you're looking for some more affordable gold, and diamond jewelry you have to check out the emily collection from emily johnson weintraub emily created this collection for people who want to wear and stack elaborate jewelry but don't want to pay the big ticket prices you got to check this stuff out the golden diamond source has plenty of options to accommodate any budget interest-free financing for up to five years and a layaway program 20 percent down and only six monthly payments and this month only get up to 15 percent off the march birthstone which is aqua 
Marine. Like we always say, keep it local, folks. The uh, Golden Diamond Source, Julie and Steve Weintraub, such great philanthropic benefactors. So let's keep it all local here when we have the opportunity, right? It's the Golden Diamond Source, 3800 Olmerton Road, always online at thegoldendiamondsource.com. Pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fan stream sports. With the 19th pick <laughs> in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Kalijah Kansi, defensive end, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Hey, let, let it play. What are they, what are they A heck of a combine, and now he's going to Tampa. Heck of a yeah, combine. Yeah, listen to him as a defensive end. He's... He's an absolute tweener, right? At, at 280 pounds, he can play outside if you want him to. You can. Yeah, interesting cat from uh, University. I'm uh, uh, from um, Pitt, and also Miami Northwestern, which is almost a college program down there. Levante David went yeah, there. Yeah, Levante David. So many went there. Uh, that that whole area down there just stock full of great football players and. You know, this is a kid that um, they they really really like chip on the shoulder type kid and. Um, I, I like his personality, like so much about him. <clears throat> Let's hear Jason Light talk a little bit about Kalijah Kansi. Well, we liked him from the beginning. Um, he's a super disruptive interior player that you can actually play outside a little bit too. I know that our coaches are excited about all the different things you can do with a player like this um, just because of his elite athleticism, quickness, uh, super intelligent. Um, just a great competitor. I was talking up there. He's uh, he's from the same area, Miami, same high school as Levante, and very, very similar personalities and ways that they lead and just intense, fiery competitor. Um, so, um, you know, we're just really, really happy. We think we got a chance to get somebody. In this day and age, it's hard to find interior pass rushers. Uh, there are very few and far between. So hopefully we got one. I think you did. I think you did, partner. Um, and, and if you're, if you haven't heard Kalijah Kansi, we're going to play his interview right now. And he's also, um, he looks, he he's got kind of a baby face. When I say he's a dog, he doesn't really look like a dog. Oh, but he is one. <laughs> but he, the way where he plays, um, he's kind of understated. He's which I like, by the way. Um, the dude's all business, uh, and just. I love I love this interview. Let's let's play a little bit of it now because. Oh, my bad. Here we Process go. and what interaction you had with the box to to where maybe you had an idea they might be taking you today. None. Man, I had a great draft process, man. Uh, I want to thank the the Buccaneers uh, for drafting me, but honestly, throughout this process, man, um, talking to them, I didn't have no clue that they that I'll be the one that they call. And I'm very, I'm very uh, grateful for this opportunity. More questions. Obviously, uh, with with where you come from um, at Pitt, um, the comparisons to Aaron Donalds, they come. Just what do you make of those, and what's that like playing in the shadow of of a, a future Hall of Famer? Man, that's a that's a great comparison, honestly. But I'm Kalijah Kansi at the end of the day. And um, it's, it's great to be compared to a guy like that in that caliber. But at the end of the day, I'm Kalijah Kansi, and that's who I want to make a name for. Boy, he really didn't want to expound on that much <laughs> yeah. at all, did he? Like, nope, 
Don't don't talk don't talk about Aaron Donald. Hey, Kalash, I, I don't know what your expectations were going into this draft. Obviously, you did a lot to help yourself. Did did you think you would go as high as nineteen? Did you think you were a first round pick? What, what were your hopes there? I definitely knew I was a first round pick. Um, I think my my size was something that that kind of uh, moved me down on the charts. But honestly, I I, I always felt like as if I was a first round pick. Understand I know they confidence. used you a lot of different places on the front there in Pitt. Obviously, you're a three technique probably most naturally here, but do you like the idea they could use you on the edge some, move you around on, on different looks? Man, wherever they need me, that's where I'm going to be. I'm going to make the plays from, from, from wherever on the field. Yeah, not, not, much, not much embellishment. A lot of times uh, defensive tackles, when they go to the next level, they have a, a difficult time kind of making that transition at least in terms of sack numbers what is something you hope to kind of do to um, alleviate that transition so you can be productive right away something I hope to do when I get to that when I get there in the next level I want to I want to learn the playbook and I want to I want to be able to play faster than, than what I am um, I think knowing the playbook and knowing what you could do knowing what you got to do on the field helps play helps you play faster so that's something I'm gonna put a lot of work into well, I think there's no question that if you look at this offseason, um, the Buccaneers said our defense is not good enough. And if you looked at the way that defense played at the end of the year against the better teams, it was definitely not good enough. No. They were giving up about 35 points a game, and you saw what Dallas did to them. So this defense, it needs a lot of help. And they know and that. they needed to get faster, and they needed to get more explosive, and they did that with yeah. this pick. And given the, the different looks on offense, first-time OC, and potentially – Tristan Wirfs kicking out to left tackle, the quarterback uncertainty, all those things wrapped into one, they know they're only going to go as far as this defense takes them. Yeah. And if they have a defense like they had last year, then guess what? They are going to have the nightmare scenario where they win four or five games yep, this year. I agree. I think Todd Bowles knows that. I think he grew a little bit fed up with some of the players, I think, just by the way he was speaking yeah. and kind of putting it on them a little bit, like, hey, like the day one install things. So I think he's definitely been looking to get fresh blood, and it doesn't surprise me. That's why they haven't brought back any of their defensive free agents, really, besides the key ones. That's right. They brought back Jamel Dean. They got Levante back, and I don't think they cared more, much for yeah. any of the others. And, and this rotation in particular, because, again, this is going to be like a three-man, four-man rotation, typically uh, inside, especially with Vita Vey only playing like 50% of the snaps. I mean, you throw Greg Gaines into there. We forget about him, who yep. I thought was a sneaky signing. I mean, the depth, Vita Vea, Greg Gaines, Kalijah Cansey, Logan throw Hall. Logan Hall in there, and now Deidre Sanat, where yep. before he was like your third guy, and now he's your fifth guy, and you probably won't see the field. Yeah. That's the difference. They've transformed this room, and when the Bucks were rolling you know, a couple of years ago and they had Indomitian Sue kind of playing this role, right? They were, un- they were unstoppable in front. Best run defense in the NFL, and they got good penetration through the middle. So I think that's what Bowles is trying to get back to with this pick. And I think, you know, everybody was screaming about offensive tackle and offensive tackle, and I've been talking for months and months when they signed Filer, um, and I know that they're happy with, they think Luke Edeke or Hainsey can handle right tackle. They're happy with, they're fine with their offensive line. I did not not see this urgent need for offensive tackle, so that that did not surprise me at all. Not that it wouldn't, you you take a good one there, fine, but. I didn't think there was this, we got to get a tackle. Yeah. A lot of people said that, and I was like, ah, and I, I will, I that. will say, too, with Anton Harrison, who I thought was probably going to be most likely the guy, like, even if you took him at 19, I probably would have said it's a slight reach and you're going positional value because yep. there were a lot of people that had a second-round grade on him, right? Yep. yep. And even Jacksonville traded back twice in the draft to get him at 27. Yep. So they got probably better value than the Bucks would have gotten at 19. No question. And his, the knock on him is he's not good in the run game at all. 
And where did the Bucks struggle at last year? The run game. The run game. Yeah. So maybe the fit wasn't there for the Bucks as well. So again, don't force the issue. Take the best player on the board. And in their minds, it was Kalaji Kansi. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back and we'll get to some of the national stories. We've got some information on the Top Golf event coming up. If you want tickets, uh, just let us know. Jordan Gamillion, you got some tickets to the Top Golf event at Raymond James Stadium. Quick break, stay with us. For the Gold and Diamond Source, there is no better place to shop for jewelry than the Gold and Diamond Source. We know that. They are the family jewelers, and they will treat you like family. It's always a fun experience. Just head on over there. You will not find a better selection anywhere in the world. It's a jewelry super center. They've got engagement rings, necklaces, earrings, pendants, chains, and thousands of diamonds to choose from. They're all right there. They don't have to ship anything in. They have jewelry for every price range as well. Guys, if you're looking for some of those baller watches, they have a great selection. They have new and used. You can get some great collectibles there as well. And if you're looking for some more affordable gold and diamond jewelry, you have to check out the Emily collection from Emily Johnson Weintraub. Emily created this collection for people who want to wear and stack elaborate jewelry but don't want to pay the big ticket prices you got to check this stuff out the golden diamond source has plenty of options to accommodate any budget interest-free financing for up to five years and a layaway program 20 percent down and only six monthly payments and this month only get up to 15 percent off the march birthstone which is aqua marine like we always say keep it local folks the uh Golden Diamond Source, Julie and Steve Weintraub, such great philanthropic benefactors. So let's keep it all local here when we have the opportunity, right? It's the Golden Diamond Source, 3800 Olmerton Road, always online at thegoldendiamondsource.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. All right, this is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. 
Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa, and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com, or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz, the mortgage guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fan stream sports. All right, uh, just a few minutes left to go here. Going to be a big weekend as the uh, Buccaneers fill out their roster. We got a second round or a third round or no fourth round at this point. Then a couple of fives and a six, I believe. So, see where they go. Is there Isaiah Pacheco in there somewhere? Is there a... Brock Purdy in there in the seventh round somewhere. Let's go find a quarterback in the seventh round. I still like Kendon Hooker. Yeah, I wouldn't surprise you though. They take like this Clayton Tune from Houston yeah, yeah, later as he's a gone up the board. a little developmental guy somewhere. But they got a, they got a, still got a lot of needs to fill. They're going to draft a quarterback at some point. Yeah, I think they will. Um, and you know what? If it, if it's Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask with this with this group of guys. That they have right now, they got a lot of talent. You on just this let offensive you just side. let Baker Mayfield know that he should not be in the building tomorrow night. Just let him know that. You put it on him, huh? I'm, I'm, I'm I put it on him. I you hate to, I hate to do that, but I'm doing it. He should not be in the building tomorrow. Is this because Brady, when Brady was here, we were winning, and now Brady's gone? I, I don't buy that. I don't buy that. Like, give me like put Gronk in the building tomorrow or something like that. I just can't have Baker in the building. Okay. No, no. I'm. I, I don't want any. I don't want any negativity surrounding Baker Mayfield. We need positivity surrounding Baker Mayfield. You, he could. He. I think he has a good chance to be the Geno Smith of this year. He does. He's got I tools just, to work to with. You level. got a, You got a brand. You got a. You got a, Chris Godwin being back to Chris Godwin. You got Mike Evans wants something to prove. He's got. Not that he has something to prove, but I think he wants to to show that he ain't done yet. And boy. Russell Gage certainly has something to prove. I would really, if they, I, there, there's a missing piece here, and there's some good tight ends on the board. Mm-hmm. That would be a nice little, as I, I like Kate Otten. I, really I like Kate Otten, but ends. he can't block a lick. And, you know, I, I just, I need more athleticism. Really good, yeah. Just something more athletic, yeah. athletic, I think, at the tight end position. And, and there's bigger. so many guys in this draft that can do it. I mean, Laporta yeah. at Iowa is my dream. Yeah. I like this Luke Schoonmaker from Michigan as well. I think they got to get one of those guys with one of these picks because I think that having that guy is invaluable to the offense. Be nice. I wanted to ask you, by the way, because the NFC South is so up to grabs, and we talked yesterday with Greg about some of these teams would do. We knew what Carolina was going to do. New Orleans might have been a little bit of wild card, but they went Brissie. The only, I, but Atlanta. The only, uh, what do you, I? Atlanta goes with John Robinson at eight, which was a little surprising to me. I, I, they could have done. So much better on the defensive side, obviously, at I that point. they could have just kept adding. But maybe they wanted Tyree Wilson, and Las Vegas sniped him there. And they said, F it, we'll go best player available, and let's just go all in on offense. 
Well, nothing helps a quarterback like a great running back. My thing is, is because they drafted Tyler Algier last year in the third or fourth round, and he goes on to have 1,000 yards. Now, there's a lot of history about guys who get drafted later and have like a great first season. They tend to fade away pretty quickly. Yeah. That is out there. So maybe that's what – and again, comparing the talent between two guys, it's not even close. But John Robinson is – I mean, again, we're talking generational here based on everything we've heard. So – and give Ritter something else as well because, I mean, they're going all in with Desmond Ritter this year. Of course. And that's a – it's a risk. It's definitely a risk. And so now this is three years in a row they've invested in Pitts, Drake London, and Bajon Robinson with two eights and a four. Mm Mm-hmm. So a lot of offensive firepower there. I still like. I mean, it makes Atlanta better. I'm not going to say it doesn't. They ran all over the Bucks with that with Tyler Algier. With Algier. What are they going to do with with this guy? Yeah. So I mean, as much if as you're I, a Bucks fan, you, you know, you want to say, oh, they could have got better on defense, but boy, we got to tackle that guy for five years at least. Yeah. You know, and maybe that's one of the reasons they went Kalajdzikansi. He's like, because you know, Luke brought up a great point. Is like, other than Vita Vea, who do we got on the defensive line? That's the point I've been making Nobody. this entire this yeah. entire show. Nobody. Is they've completely transformed that position. Yeah. yeah, it was a bigger need than I than I realized. Yeah, and we yeah. we should have seen that a little bit. But yeah. I mean, yeah. again, though, there was just no inclination from the people within the Bucks office that this was the pick. So we talk about smoke screening the entire thing, not even talking to the guy after the combine, right, or anything. Well done by Jason Light, and I still think. I mean, where I sit right now, I tend to think that they're going to get an edge at 50. I still think they're going to get an edge. There's a lot of talented edge guys uh, right now there. And, I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe some of these guys could go. They got 18 draft picks before 50. Maybe they all go off the board until then. But I kind of like the idea of investing in an edge at 50 and getting two guys. Yeah, that doesn't bother me one bit. You know, I think it's really going to be, let's see who's there at 50. Look, I, I think you can make a case if Hendon Hooker is there, you take him. The discussion. You, you take him. Um, at this point, I don't want Will Levis. I'll tell you this: when uh, it comes to tackle and see if there's a starting tackle out there that we can plug in, there's this Dewan Jones who was at Ohio State, and I know Paris Johnson got all the love and goes number six to Arizona yesterday. He's good. But I tell you what, and I I, I follow a lot of John Ledger's stuff, who is one of the, another one of those big draft gurus, mm-hmm. and he tends to like the Dewan Jones better than than Paris Johnson. Wow. And I got I'm trying to trust him there on that. So, and he's still on the board now. So, and I, I'm assuming his natural position is right, since Paris Johnson played left. If that's a guy at 50. Maybe that's good value if you go line. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, you can't. I, you can never make a bad pick if you get a talented player on the interior of the line, at line play. It just you can't. You can't have enough of those big guys. You just, big quality players. You can't. I, um, if you feel like he's that type of talent, I've done a lot of you know study on him, but I trust Ledyard. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know rush edge, um, tight end, tight end is something. Especially, I think you, you got to get some guy who, who's got a little beef to him, the last to him that can that can block. Because right now, the you know we got Coquif, but Coquif is not a big guy. No, he's not a big guy, and he's not very talented, and he's not very athletic. You know, he's a, he's a grinder. He's a grinder. Love the guy. He's a grinder. He's a fighter. But he's just, you know, he's just a guy. They, they can upgrade that position tremendously. And that would help on the offensive side. Um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind, you know, seeing them get a burner. I mean, I think they're okay in the, line, in the running back room right now. I think they are. I really think they are. I think Keyshawn's better than this people is a think. Deep, this is a deep class, too. Yeah, you, they you, they you, can get one yeah, later. You can get one later. Um, but, yeah, yeah Car- 
I'm sorry, but quarterback is still a big need. It's still a big need. You have no quarterbacks under, under contract for 2024. None. It's a pretty important position. And even if Baker has a great year, say Baker is Geno Smith. Okay, what if somebody wants to come grab him and you don't have the cap room to keep him? Then where are you? You know, you got nothing at yeah. the most important position. He can walk. So can Kyle Trask. <coughs> you got to have somebody under contract for 2024. Yeah. And as we mentioned, I mean, the Bucs And Hendon are- Hooker had a first-round grade from just about everybody until the, the double ACL. And the people that mention the age, and the age, the age means nothing to me. Age is just a number. R. Kelly told you that. <laughs> that is... It, it, to me, it's, it's, it's a positive in terms of he's only going to play, you know, if he is a franchise guy, you can still get 10 years out of him. You can get a second contract out of him. You know, he's not that old. So I don't have a problem with that. And he's not a huge runner like where he's going to get tons of contact, but he's a hell of a passer. And he he does, is he one hell even, of a passer. He, he doesn't even have to play. And he doesn't have to play He doesn't this have year. to play. And the Bucks are one of the, the situations where that kind of fits what they're looking for, a guy that doesn't so have I, to play year one. So If he's there at 50. I, I, they have to consider it. Jump up and grab They have to consider it. Do I think the Bucks will ultimately do it? I don't. I don't. I don't either at this point. But you never know. We'll see. I think it'll be important. I tell you what. I mean, even when Levis was on the board and all that, and he's sitting there in the draft room and they're showing him, when the Bucks got the 19, I, I don't know about you, but I, I actually had no feeling at all they were going him in there. I know we had talked about it, but when it got to 19, I did not get the feeling they were going quarterback at all. Yeah. It seemed like that it kind of backed off a little bit as the draft went on. Well, we talked about philosophically how much input is Todd Bowles going to have on this draft and this team, and the entire offseason has been about defense. Yeah. <laughs> Baker Mayfield, but they didn't pay a lot of money for Baker Mayfield. You know, it's, they, they have invested in defense, in their picks, in their, in their salary cap money, and such. And, by the way, we didn't talk about Lamar. Lamar got his deal. Boy, did he have a good day yesterday. He did have a good day. Yeah. He won the draft. Combined Lamar Jackson with, yeah, won the draft. Yeah, and with the Ravens draft pick, by the way. So he got 185 guaranteed, $250 million, uh, total or, or something, $52 million a year, making him the highest AAV in NFL history. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with he that, He got man? it close to everything he wanted. I mean, I know he wanted everything fully guaranteed, but given everything that went on, I think he made out very, very well for yeah. himself. And then they get Zay Flowers, who's just, you know, He's a little energizer He's bunny. Steve Smith man. Yeah. I was watching him when they were showing him on ESPN yesterday, and I'm not just saying this because this ended up happening, but I'm watching this like his, they're showing some of his highlights and tape, and I yeah. said, man, he kind of looks like Tyreek Hill to me. And 30 seconds later, NFL comp pops up on ESPN. It says Tyreek Hill is his NFL comp. I thought they were saying Steve Smith. I, they, yesterday on ESPN, they had Tyreek Hill as his comp. Yeah. And that's, again, I just He's had, had kind of looked at yeah. what they were showing, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, I kind of see it. And he's really good in the air as well, even though he's kind of smaller. Yeah. So, and all those receivers, by the way, all, they all kind of just went clumped together there, 20 to 23. Yeah, four in a row. Never happened before. Four in a row, never happened before. Uh, I think the best one went first, which was Jackson Smith yeah. and Jigba. Yeah. I'm excited nope. about that kid, man. No question. He's a good player. Um, but, you know, I, I, and I look, I, look, the Panthers got Bryce. Good for them. I just, he's so small. Looking at him last night. I, when, he was, so when he was shaking small. hands with the quarterbacks, I'm like, all right. There CJ was a lot of moms on last night I, that were bigger than him. I was like, C.J. Stroud's looking down on him, and then he shook hands with Anthony Richardson, and I'm like, holy oh my God. Hell. <laughs> he's, he's, he's not small. He's really small. He's so thin. There's nothing to the guy. 
It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, what happened last night is just a product of what has happened in the last years. If he weighed years. 205 at the Combine, he was wearing weighted. He cut a little weight, I think. <laughs> but it, it's a product of what's happened in the NFL and how it's changed. Because to me, that photo right there of him shaking hands with Anthony Richardson summed it all up for me. Yeah. Ten years ago, I know you said ten years ago nobody would have touched Anthony Richardson. No, not with a ten-foot pole. But still from a size standpoint? He's a big dude. He would have drawn a lot. I, still, I think he would have drawn a lot of interest, and here we are now where the guy that's the polar opposite from it's him not, it's not just the, goes the lack of experience. 13 games yeah, and the lack all the of interceptions and, and, and accuracy. You know, there was such a premium put on being a pocket passer, right? And, and that, those days are gone. And I think it's better for the NFL. The NFL is way more exciting this way. Yeah. More guys that can play quarterback that are just ridiculously freakish athletes. I mean, I, I like it. I think it's way more exciting. I've always liked the college game better than the pro game anyway. I think the pro game is way too predictable. It's not as, you know, it, it, I just, and I love the fact that the college game is infiltrated, especially yeah. from the offensive standpoint, the RPOs and zone reads. I just and I, I love it. I do love that spot, though, for Anthony Richardson because Shane Steichen. I mean, yeah, he, Shane Steichen he worked is the key. With, he worked with Jalen Hurts. He's the key. Uh, you have a, a great running back who's going to be healthy this year Jonathan after he wasn't Taylor, with yeah. Jonathan Taylor. I mean, they're going to run the football like crazy line. with those yeah. two guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody says they're a quarterback away. I don't see it that way necessarily with Indy. With Indy. I think they have some holes that everybody kind of glossed over last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like the fit for him overall. 